This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Previously on Homestale Radio. Yeah, I think... I think he does. He's all, he's all over. I just think he, you need somebody with him. I think you need a Gale with him. I think you need somebody alongside him to do that part of the game. Four four two, yeah. Lovely. Next. No. I've told you many, many times what I do believe, right? Is that three five two is our formation? Why did you just say four four two? What I'm saying is, we, we need to we need to have a plan B. We need to have a plan D. But we don't have, we don't even have a plan B for the for games at home. Now you red sits up, or we're trying to chase a game. You're right, mate. Shift the right back and left back into central midfield. That'll sort it right out. Um, it's not, yeah, don't... For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Hello and welcome to a very special Christmas edition of Homestale Radio. I am Chris Hambling and I will be your host today. With me are, um, well, who have we got? We've got Mr. Joe Holyoke. Hello. Oh, Patrick O'Connor. Hello and happy holidays. Happy holidays. So American. (laughs) (laughs) The O'Dear and the O'Dear was from Mr. Alex White. Salut. Salut. And... I don't, even, I don't even know what to say. And we've also got Albert Curley. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. And, uh, yeah, so there we go. Um, so, yeah, first up, well, we've got lots of things to talk about today. Lots of guests. We've got Steve Parrish coming up. Uh, Andy Gray's coming up. Um, Peter Ramage. Oh, just so much going on. We'll have a chat about the Man City game, uh, you know, for a while if we have to. And uh, then we've got a wonderful Christmas quiz. You can get in contact today, all the usual methods, at HOL Radio on Twitter, uh, holradio.net forward slash contact to send us an email, or Facebook is facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. But as always, first up, it is News in Brief. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com news 
Tickets for the FA Cup third round tie against Dover Athletic went on sale uh, just for Friday gone. Uh, the match takes place on the Sunday the 4th of January 2014. No, it doesn't. 2015. God damn it, Mikey. Uh, kickoff is 1pm. Um, the ticket prices and selling, selling policy are thus. <laughs> phase, I don't know why I said thus. Phase 1, Friday the 19th of December, 9am. Uh, season ticket holders with 1,800 points. Um and above and that's one ticket phase two starting monday the 22nd of december from 9 a.m season ticket holders with 1600 points one ticket each that's 1600 and above uh, and phase three uh, on saturday the 27th of december or december either of those will do that's any season ticket holder or member Crystal Palace youngsters Salai Kai Kai and Kwesi Apaya are impressing in their lone spell at Cambridge United, both getting their names on a score sheet in recent matches. The two enjoyed Epic Cup success on Tuesday night as Cambridge beat Mansfield Town away, moving into the next round where they will face Luton Town at home. The two sides drew 2-2 last week at the Abbey Stadium where Apaya salvaged a replay for his side, calmly controlling the ball on his chest, then firing home a volley under the keeper in the 19th minute. In the in the re- replay, it was the turn of Kai Kai to grab the headlines. Apaya set him up and Kai Kai's deflected shot wrong-footed the keeper to help United's progress into the next stage of the competition. Good luck to both. Touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. It's quite a traumatic news in brief, wasn't it, Patrick? There, all sorts of little traps laid by the producer for us there. But um, yeah, it was dangerous. Sorry, I think, about we, that. I think we we coped admirably. Um, anyway, we are uh, we are trying to ring uh, Steve Parrish. We were a little early. For some reason, we said five past. I don't know why we did that. But uh, we'll give him a shout in just a moment. Uh, before we do, uh, say before we do that. I mean, obviously we we're we're coming off the back of a um, you know a three 0 defeat. Uh, there's been a lot of angst on the the uh, message boards and on Twitter once again. Very sort of um, it's just difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to take because I don't think anyone really expected to beat Man City. But when you saw that first half and you saw how well we we performed yet again against a good side it was um it's pretty depressing to actually come away with nothing so i think that's behind a lot lot of the anger um at the moment but there we go um uh, well let's let's have a little bit of a game game chat before we talk to steve then um the first thing i wanted to talk about was uh was fraser campbell starting um but swapping with yannick sort of uh neil, neil warnock's talked about using yannick's physical presence um, as a you know, at, you know, in the forward position, and you had Campbell dropping wide left at times. Um, but obviously, Yannick's been so effective out wide, so I'm not really sure of the logic of that. You're a you're a big Campbell fan, Patrick, um, and obviously, we're all a big fan of uh, of Yannick. So, can you see the logic in that? I did at the beginning, but I didn't like it. I think it went on for far too long. Um, I understood uh, why you might want to try it in the beginning to kind of keep. Uh, give Man City a different look, but it just went on for too long. I think it should have switched them back after a while because Yannick was playing really well out wide and created a couple of chances. So I didn't, I really didn't like that move at all, unfortunately. Mm. It didn't really pay off, did it? I mean, that's the thing. Isn't no. it? I mean, I can understand this whole, the whole logic of us needing a physical presence up front. And, and uh, I think it was mentioned though, also that Yannick has played up top for, for the Democratic Republic of Congo. But it's a very different story playing a, you know, playing a winger up front in, 
we're not Premier so democratic, League. are we? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you, you play where you're told to play with, with us. <laughs> oh dear. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I say I, I was a little disappointed in that, and I felt actually Campbell acquitted himself reasonably well in the first half. But it's interesting, Alex, to hear Neil Warnock talk before the game that he felt um, had Glenn Murray been at the the club, he would have started him. Yeah, uh, it says it all, doesn't it? Really, we we have made a mistake with that, and and you know you you can say that, Jill, but it, we could sit here all day and, and say how it was a bad move to get to get Kevin Doyle in and let Glenn I, go. I but say what? You went. Was it you that did that? It probably was. He's probably eating. It was. <laughs> no, I, I'm actually not. Not. Not yet. I'm not anyway. He's well, on this way. No, I, I, I'll tell you. No, go on. You say you have your say, and then I'll tell you why I said that. No, I. I yeah, there's no point me 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 banging on about Glenn Murray. If he had been here, he would have played. That says it all for me. So we let him go, and and we made a big mistake with that. We have to hold our hands up, and the people at the top that legislated that said that deal should happen um, need to look in the mirror. Really, for me, does that include Glenn? Potentially, yeah. He he said that he wanted to go, but I think we we were in a position where we could say, actually, do you know what? Do you know what, Glenn Murray? We're we're not going to let you go. We're not going to let you go. We we need you. There'll be points where if we get a couple of injuries that you'll be needed, um, e.g. the last five games. We'll come back to this. We'll come back to you. You can come back on this, Joe, but we're going to probably have to give Steve a ring now. <laughs> I know we have to sit here and wait for it to ring. It's, this I is why we, we tried to ring during news in brief, but you know, these things happen. It was it was too brief. It was too brief. There were, and wasn't so many stories. I mean, do we need to feel a bit better than this? Oh, that's yeah. bad news, isn't it? All right, well, we don't. Jill. <laughs> right, so Warnock comes out and says, oh, basically he wishes that Murray was still here. But ultimately, he would have turned around and says, yeah, you can go. I'm just, that annoys me more than, than the fact that he was allowed to go anyway. It's just ridiculous to say that. They're one of them things that you, like, almost up with Tourette's that you shouldn't say out loud because that annoys me. I just, oh, just, oh, Jesus. I should put myself on camera now because I'm get, I get, that just annoys me. Why on earth are we letting potentially our best, or our most experienced striker? It may not be the best. I think he happens to be the best in probably at the, well, it's not at the club, but, I just, I'm, I'm amazed that he's come out and said something like that. It just shows a, for someone so experienced, it shows a massive lack of experience. Um, you it's know. a naivety, isn't it? Well, not it's just a, a naivety. I mean, it, it, there were so many things he could have said yesterday. You know, he could have took, I'm pretty sure if he turned around and, and put his hands out and said, Look, I'm going to coat that referee or that lino, who's going to help me pay me fine? I can't keep affording 20 grand every week. There'd be loads of us. I'd help pay. I'll give a tenner, 20 quid, whatever. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, this, this, yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I, he should never have been allowed to go. And the thing is, it, I, it's, it's his fault only. It's his fault. If, he, mm. if, if you know, if, if Steve Parrish or whoever goes to, to him and said, look, we've had, or, on, um, he's so angry. He's, he's so he's, angry. He's, he's broken the internet. He's broken his own internet. Yeah, I mean the the thing when you when you get so angry that your mind can melt 
a, a router, you know, an internet router. I think, I mean, it just shows the level of frustration that Joe's leading. You can't, with. You can't it's weird. question his passion, can you? You, you can't question his passion, passion, no, or he'll melt your electrical equipment if you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> to pick up from what he's saying, though, is um, I, I, I sort of I had this thing with the, the whole Glenn Murray saga, if you like, where I do believe that it was. I don't know whether it's the right choice is, is a, I suppose right is an entirely subjective term, but the, the simple truth is that Glenn Murray was out for a long, long time with a bad injury and wants to play when it wanted to play games. That is, you know, that is a fact. Um, and the truth of it is at the time of the transfer window, he was going to be, he was going to be on the bench week in, week out, and he'd have to wait for his opportunity. And let's not pretend that not, Every, pretty much every single person with the way the season ended with Dwight Gale wanted Gale to get his chance and to stay in the team. You know, and we just signed Fraser Campbell as well. You know, there's a lot sort of a lot of things that are pushing Glenn Murray to the sidelines. So I think it's the right choice for him, and I can understand why the club made it. And it was a shame that we couldn't go out and get better than you know than than AJ who, who can't get fit and Kevin Doyle who basically the same. So yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough one. And with the benefit of hindsight, you can go, "Oh, it was a mistake. Oh, he would have played." Blah 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 blah. But Dwight Gale starts like he ended last season, smashes in a load of goals, and you never drop him, do you? It's um. There you go. Go on, Albert. You had a bit. So yeah, I just think you need to. I know everybody got <laughs> wound up about. Um, you know, a lot of people liked the fact that Johnson had been signed, but a lot of people didn't like it. And you know, the less said about Kevin Doyle signing, the better. But I think. It detracts those two dubious signings. Detract from the fact that Glenn Murray, like like you were just saying, um, wanted to play games. Wouldn't have got. He still wouldn't have been ahead in the pecking order of Gale or Campbell. So mm. it, it doesn't matter that Doyle and and AJ are at the club, as far as I'm concerned, because Glenn Murray was always going to be eight minutes at the end of the game chasing a goal. And you know, if he wanted game time, the best thing to do was to let him go. I just think. I just don't think you can... People people think that we brought in Doyle to replace Murray, but ultimately you're replacing a player that only plays five minutes with another player that's only going to play five minutes. So I don't really, I don't really see the, the angst. Yeah, but surely in the Premier League we have to be in a position, now with the money that we have, the power, the teams that we're up against, that we have to look past having two centre-forwards. We have to think, you know, we need three solid options of players that if this one gets injured we can chuck this one and this one would change the game for us. And I don't think Glenn Murray is the answer to that, but I think he's better than what we replaced him with. And in the Premier League, to do that, I think we've just shot ourselves in the foot so badly. If we'd replaced him with a better player, I would hold my hands up and say, do you know what? Glenn, fair enough, go and get your game time. But we really, we made a really bad business decision at that point. But isn't there an argument that Kevin Doyle's got heaps more Premier League experience than Glenn Murray and the same can be said for Fraser Campbell? He does, but you have to look at the form over the last couple of years. Kevin Doyle couldn't get in a League One team and Glenn Murray had scored 31 goals. Yes, he got a cruciate injury and things like that, but I, I believe, and I think most people would believe, that Glenn Murray, in time, is a better player. Patrick? Yeah, um... You, you, I mean, you're both right. The thing is, I think the timing is, is the key here. Uh, it was right at the end of the transfer window. We all know Warnock came in late, and he was, he was scrambling. And let's be honest, he was totally scrambling at the end. I'm sure, as Chris said, Glenn went to him and said, listen, I want to play. And Warnock said, well, you're not going to play as much here. And he said, I want to leave. So once you have a player who wants to leave, why keep him if he doesn't want to stay? We all get the point. Of course, you know what? You force him to stay. If, if um, Warnock knew what was going to happen with both AJ and Don, of course he would have kept Glenn. But it, Glenn didn't want to stay. We all know he wasn't match fit. 
for the Premier League, send him out. He starts going goals for Reading, but by that point, obviously we couldn't bring him back. So I think the timing of it is is very uh, unfortunate, and that's what I think makes one look really bad. Really no, I agree. I, I agree. I think it's circumstances. I mean, the circumstances of the transfer window, you know, were what they were. In other words, we were trying. We were actually, you know, out trying to get other players, and that opportunity comes along, and you can't. You can't ignore an opportunity for a player to go and get games. And like you say, to get match fit. And the irony of it is he's gone and got match fit and we can now bring him back in January. And that's what Warnock's saying he's going to do. He's bringing exactly. Murray back. You know, he's going to bring back a, a match fit player that we couldn't give the game time to get him match fit. So, in fact, we've actually lo- used the loan market correctly. The trouble is, I, I, you know, I can completely see where Alex is coming from. You, As a Premier League club, you've got to have strength in depth and you've got to have you know all the different options that you that you you know that you need to go and get points and when you're not picking up points like we're not it's it's an incredibly difficult situation um and people will always you know will always point to the decisions that you make as bad decisions if things aren't going well um you know it, it's a shame it's a shame the way it happened because there is no argument that that Kevin Doyle and AJ present a you know presented a better op- you know better option off the bench than in Glenn Murray, there is no argument for that, based on how it actually panned out, you know. But then, like you said, like you said as well, Albert, it's you know Doyle. On paper, Doyle had you know the Premier League experience, and clearly Neil Warnock fancied him as a player as well. He, you know, he said as much. So there you go. It's, it's a really tough one, and but I mean, you know, that all sort of stems from from the decision to start Campbell and and what we're doing up front, and it kind of it really does point to. The, the problems that we're having and this constant repetition of the need to get in a striker. Uh, and clearly, I, I, obviously, Neil Warnock mentioned in the in the press that we're going to have to take a gamble on that. Um, we're going to have to, you know, we, we can't go out and buy established quality at Premier League level because it simply isn't available and simply isn't within budget. And, and there aren't players out there who want to join us. So it, it's it's really tough. I've just noticed a, a good tweet in there from Gemma Day. She said, um, lo- would love, she would love Glenn Murray back, but it's a step backwards and we need to look forward for an all-round better striker. And I have to, uh, that's what I agree with. That's the point I want us to, you know, that I, I would like to make on it. It's I'm not, I'm not in any way detracting from what Glenn Murray is. But I don't want I don't want to talk about who's better out of Murray, Campbell and Gale. I want someone who's considerably better than all, than all of those. It's a hard thing to do though. I think Cameron we'd Jerome. agree with that. I think we'd agree with that, Chris, but you have we you know, the argument was that at the time we let him go, that was a, a poor business decision and we have to hold our hands up about that. I don't think it's a poor business decision though. I don't, I don't think you can say that. I think you can you can call it that with the benefit of hindsight, but at the time, I can't. I can't see the criticism as valid. Like I said, I think he needed games, and we couldn't give him games. Whether he want, whether he wanted them or not, it's like I, I would say it's not just about Glenn Murray wanting to go and play. It's about him needing to play. Otherwise, he was never going to get a chance at Premier League level because he simply hadn't played enough matches. You, you remember how? Go on. I was going to say, and you can't even if he did stay, and we could, we could offer him more games. Pers- again, personally speaking, I don't think you can play him in the system we play with, Sh- you know, with Shamak in the hole and Murray up top. I just don't think it'd work. Yeah, but it's got to be better than res- resorting to playing your winger up front and and having a lack of strikes yeah, but- and having to send back Kevin Doyle after a couple of months and having a- bringing in Andy Johnson. Surely having Glenn Murray in the squad is a better option than having Andy Johnson. Any anyone could have seen that when when we signed AJ. Yeah, but, but I don't want to be here. Isn't having a fully fit, fully match fit Glenn Murray better than having a still not fully fit Glenn Murray in January, though? 
I'd rather have a not fully 100% on form Glenn Murray than Andy Johnson in this current 25 man squad. Do you Alex, not think. Do you not think. Go on, Patrick. You've been a little fit. I think you're looking at it from a hindsight point of view. Of course. But I said it at the time. I said it at the time. How could you legislate signing, signing Kevin Doyle ahead of Glenn no, Murray? I just, it's that, just beyond me. No, not that part. The part about. Um, um, AJ not being fit and Doyle getting injured. Now, obviously, you did your big Glen Murray family and all that, so I've, I have no problem with that. You've always stated that you love Glen Murray and should have stayed. I'm just saying that looking back on it now, it's easy to say, well, of course, well, Doyle didn't play, didn't score, he got injured. AJ hasn't played, didn't score, got injured. So that's the only part I'm talking about, not the part about the Glen Murray part, which I agree with you on. So. Yeah, I think, I think to be honest with you, Alex, I'd go, I'd go be a little bit sterner than Patrick was on, on your opinion there, because I think you're being, you're being very dismissive of, of the decision that was made purely purely on the base of, you know, on, on a particularly flimsy basis. I think you can't say that you would rather have Glenn Murray in that side and not consider all of the things that we've just said. You know, I have, match, I've, I've, no, no, I've match, match fitness is vital. And if you cannot get, Glenn Murray could not get match fit at staying at Palace. So what is the, what is the point in, in wasting a player like Glenn Murray by just having him sit on the bench, come on for five minutes and be as ineffective as he was last season? He had no pace, you know, it, Every now and then he'd, he'd pull something off and you think, oh, good, Glenn's on his way back. And then, but then you just wouldn't see him again. He'd, he'd off very little, and it was a real shame to see him like that. I'd much rather he went out, got games, and started actually performing. And he's been doing that for Reading. Not brilliantly, by the way. You know, he's got some, got some goals, but, you know, they're a really bad, struggling side. Um, but he'll come back having played regularly, having played 90 minutes at times, and that's something he would never have done at Palace. And you can't tell me he won't be a better player and have more of an opportunity to be Palace's striker, to be Palace's figurehead at the top of the top of the, you know, the attacking trio, if you like. He has a better chance of doing that now than he ever would have done if he had not left. Yeah, but you know, for me, the, for me, the argument is that we've replaced him with at the. You know, with worse, and that that as a business, we have to look. At, we have to hold our hands up, and, and no, you have to. You have that. you have to you have to replace someone who leaves. That's a fact. Yes, you but, do. But but, but but wait. But at the end of the day, don't you think that Dwight Gale and Fraser Campbell and Marianne Schumacher should have been enough? But you know, Cat no. Gale hasn't performed well enough. Fraser Campbell hasn't performed well enough. Marouane Schumach is scared of shooting. So, you know, and that and that's again, that's a bit dismissive of all of those because they have all offered, you know, very positive contributions at times. But what I'm getting at is you cannot, you know, we're weakening ourselves by keeping Glenn Murray in a lot of ways. And you're, you're from, you're on the basis of making an assumption that we'd be, you'd say we'd be better off. You've got no proof of that. You've got no proof that we'd have more points on the board or Glenn Murray would have done better. You don't know. You wouldn't have gone out and got injured. You know, you no, don't know no, any of that. I, you don't know any of that, Alex. So com- what you do know, agree. what you do know, is that we're now in January going to get a Glenn Murray who has played ninety minutes on a regular basis and has a chance. He has the best possible chance that he'll ever have of getting involved in Palace's first team in the Premier League. That's good, no, isn't it? Merry Christmas, everyone. See you next year. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with a lot of that, but I still just can't get past the decision. Uh, to let him go on that final day and not bring in someone. Well, know, get over it. Placement. Get over it <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, I don't know if we're going to try Steve again. We seem to be having problems actually connecting. He might be in a bad signal area. I'm sure we'll try. Uh, we'll have another little chat about the first half, second half difference, and then potentially we'll uh, we'll go to an interview with Andy Gray instead while we're trying to resolve that issue. Sorry about that. Um, so first half, second half. Con- comparison in the city game please gents oh hang on 
I'm talking, but we may well hear. Well, I think we're going to hear a um. The phone you have something or the other is switched off or whatever. Wait, wait a second, wait. <laughs> oh, this is so good. This is a vote of. There you go. Yeah, just cannot cannot get a connection at the moment, unfortunately. Such is uh, such is the way. We I, reckon simple- I reckon he's blanking you. <laughs> he might well be. Go on, Patrick. Patrick. So regarding so regarding the first half, second half. What frustrated me yesterday was the fact that we had I'm going to say three and a half chances in the first half. It didn't score any of them. You know, there was the the cross that Yala had in that had um, I guess MacArthur just missed when uh, the keeper cut in front of him and made the save. There was Yannick's shot into the side netting and I guess Frazier can't... Oh, Jedi's header that was cleared mm-hmm. and then obviously the, yeah. the bicycle kick by Campbell. And I, it's just so unfortunate we just cannot get one of those to fall because one of those goals goes in, it's a different game for us and it's just frustrating watching us that we don't get... We, I mean, we got lucky obviously because City didn't score a goal and they could have scored one or two but it just, we just can't get a break from any of the forwards or any of the midfielders scoring you know, that type of a goal. And if we did get that, that chance, you know, it's a different match yesterday. That's my frustration, is that? Well, we did. We did get that? that chance, didn't we? We scored, and then the line I rolled Set it off. Oh, no, no. But we were down 2-0 at the point at the yeah. time, Joe. I know what you're I saying now. I, I, still think, I still think Joe's right. That definitely would have... That would have it no, would have had an effect. There's, there's no doubt about it. I, oh, I tweeted at a time that it's, it was such a ridiculous call that, in, and it changes the game. A game at 2 0 is different than chasing a game at 2 1. I agree. I'm just saying, I was talking about earlier in the game, though, but I, I agree yeah, with you, definitely. That was a ridiculously stupid call. No, yeah, you're right. And going, but going, yeah, well, let's, let's talk the first half. Was, it was very, very impressive, wasn't it? Let's not get away from that. There's a lot of negativity at the moment, but it wasn't incredibly gutsy and, you know, and at times. It was, you know, full of quality from Palace. Man City moved the ball around so well at times. And I, I genuinely, you know, at any moment I thought they're just going to get that chance. They, you know, and Zabaleta really was so close to getting it when he sort of lifted the ball over Sproni and it just drifted wide. But, you know, and, and I just, I sat there thinking that, that there's not an awful lot we can do about that, is there? You know, because you're looking at that quality and people will say, oh, you've got to defend better. But we had so many bodies back, but... When you're playing against people who've got that much quality, you know, with either foot and can, you know, put the ball precisely where they want it. What are the part that pass from Toure to Zabaleta? It was un- unbelievable. I mean, that's a to, to put that onto his feet from where he did through the players he did. It's just it's stunning, and we don't have that quality. And that's no disrespect to our players, but that's what we were battling against. But the weird thing is, we were battling against that, and and we had the better of the first half, didn't we? You know, and Campbell's chance was great. It was an absolute blinding chance. And again, that's another one you can take the hindsight approach, look at it and say, you know, actually you had time to take that down. But <laughs> I just, you know, it would have been really, really harsh to, to criticise him for it. And I would probably ultimately... been ruled out for offside anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or dangerous point. play. Yeah, Joe, go on. No, I just, I just want to um, basically say that uh, they're like, they're, what's their monthly wage, do you think? City, I, I bet their monthly is getting on for near our yearly. Oh, easily, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So you, so you should be expecting people that are on <laughs> two to three hundred thousand pound a week to be to be playing unbelievable passes every every single time. I just, well, I, um, I did. <laughs> to be honest with you, well, well, that's what I'm saying. So when you see that kind of thing, you know, I mean, we saw it when he came, when when Yaya came down to sellers, and he just, you know, when he when he wants to, because I don't think he can do it all the time there, but when he wants to or when he feels able to, there's no stopping him. 
and that's mm. what you get for that kind of that kind of money. You know, we, we, there's a difference between unbelievably good players, and they and undoubtedly they have some of those, to good players, to fairly good players, and then mediocre players. And then that, that's the difference between you know our top earners on forty, and you know I bet they've got fifty players at that club that are earning fifty grand. The T, the T woman's got forty grand at City, isn't she? <laughs> 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 you know, the, 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 for for everyone to, to be getting really sort of annoyed at, at, at the performance, you know, then Arsenal go to City and lose three 0 Yeah, I, I just, I just think you know, the first half was all well and good, but the second half we were always liable to, to cave in, and you know, they, they, they've City, they're, they're probably. The, the Barcelona, but like two or three years behind Barcelona, you know, I remember the time Barcelona didn't play a forward, you know, City didn't, City did that yesterday, but Barcelona did that three years ago, they, you know, never played any forwards, yeah. just played it's, holes and midfield players, so. It's good that you, it's good that you bring up the, the issue of the forward, because I think that's also behind a lot of the frustration, because a lot of people felt pre-game, and, and it was built up in the media as well. That they wouldn't score. Yeah, that they're like, oh, they've got no fit strikers, <laughs> no forwards, and, it's right. like, and I thought as well, I thought with no company as well, I thought they might be a little bit more porous at the back, and I think they were a little bit you know hesitant and indecisive in the back line as well and I think that gave us some of our better opportunities in the first half but it was such a ridiculous thing to say that you know you can't you've got David Silva you know you've got you've got you know he was making a stance of Mary Jig, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. You can can get the ball off Nazri, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, Torre, you know, he can't score any goals, can he? Oh no, hang on a second. You know, they could they put Milner up top. They could have put any one of those players up top, and he could play as a striker. And but they didn't even really need it. They just, you know, these players could just walk through. And in a way, I know know what Joe's saying. It kind of suited them to to play that way because they got to get a lot of possession in the final third and just bring the bodies up. And I think that's what the difference was in the second half is they just decided, well, I mean, you had the, the centre back in, in the striker position within the first couple of minutes of the, of the half. And that's what it was all about. They just thought, well, we can just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And they, we might, they might've got caught out, but they didn't, they got a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of luck with silver shot. Took a deflection off a damn one over Sproni. And as soon as that goes, goes in, you know, we're in trouble because, we we either keep doing what we're doing and keep try and keep them at bay, or we or we go for it. And you know, it's such a difficult transition to make from being you know defensively solid and having a good first half and relying on a couple of chances on the break as we were doing, which is the correct game plan in my view. Do you mean uh, having a plan B? Well, I don't know. You can have a plan B, which we kind of did. I mean, changes were made, formation was shifted, but you can have all the plan Bs and Cs and Ds and Es and Fs you like. But once you go one nil down away to Man City with the talent that they have on their disposal, there is no guarantee any plan you make will change the course of that game. Oh, and, and weirdly, we almost did by with what we did, you know, with, with that disallowed goal. That could have changed the course of the match. Or as Warnock said, we could have gone and lost 5-1. Um, I'm aware, aware that lots of you want to speak. I don't know who was first. Patrick. None, none of you, by the sense. All right, all right, no. being, so, so my frustration again, on. Chris... I thought about the um, the Chelsea match when it went down to 10 men. But you have to understand, it's Chelsea. They had Hazard, they had Oscar. You know, when you play a team that they have this kind of talent, you know, it's, it's so, it gets frustrating to watch because you're like, like Joe was saying, that the pay scale difference is so frustrating. I mean, look at Man United. They brought one mark off the bench to beat us. I guess Arsenal, they have Olsen and Wilshire. I mean, you think about some of these top teams, the fact that we're even in these matches up to halftime surprises me. 
Um, so I understand people's frustration, but you've got to be more realistic because it is absolutely ridiculous how well Man City and how good mm. they are. I mean, it's really it's frustrating, but they could have played with a false nine, a false 13, a false 20. Uh, with eight players, they would have done the same thing to us. That's how good they are. That's no, I, t- I totally agree. And go on, Albert. I think you want to go next. Yeah, I think, you know, my my immediate thought in the first half was, can you can you imagine what the score would be if Aguero was fit? Um, <laughs> but obviously, you can, you, can only, you can only play what's in front of you. But you look at, you know, Kolarov and Zabaleta were pr- 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 essentially playing as a, a second pair of wingers. You know, they were camped out in our half and just waiting and waiting for their, for times to whip balls in and, and make the runs, as we saw over and over with Zabaleta. I've got to say, I was slightly disappointed with Joe Ward for the first goal. Um, if you if you watch it, he Zabaleta sort of goes past him, and Joel Ward just sort of sort of jumps on the spot as if to say, "Well, he's beaten me. It's up to somebody else now." But then, if you actually look, if if Joel, if Joel Ward carries on his run, Zabaleta he, he'll he'll block out that little cutback that that Zabaleta makes to um, Silva. It's a bit disappointing with that, but you know, like you said, I don't know who it was was saying in the media, it's all about they don't have they haven't got a striker, they haven't got a striker. But when when you when you put your two fullbacks playing in you know playing on the, on our eighteen yard line. Like you say, with the quality, whether they're fullbacks or straight, it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who they are because they they're, they're going to knock it around, uh, you know, comfortably around us. Um, yeah. Did, did, did you hear Pe- uh, Pellegrini after when he turned around and said, "And this is what made me laugh, right?" And this and this is where we have to put absolutely everything into context. And he said, "I have a billion pound team, and I haven't got a fit forward." <laughs> he he used the phrase, "I have a billion pound team." That's ridiculous. <laughs> and, that, really and, that, and that's what we're up against. Yeah. That's what we're up against. He has a team worth more than our, than our four owners and all of our club. They, he had, they have a team that's probably worth more than three quarters of the premiership. Mm. And, and that's, you, yeah, know, they, they, you can't aspire. You, you, yeah. You're saying we try and aspire to them, but unless we get a Russian oligarch or, or someone incredibly rich like Abramovich when he's coming in, he's done a billion I've just, sorry, I've, you just used the word oligarch. I'm incredibly impressed with you. Well done, Joe. I read the Times, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a radio a, Times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you know we can't, we cannot compete. I mean, we, like you say, oh. to to keep it, you know, to keep it, to be in the game as as long as we did. I mean, the other thing as well just shows how people people got a little bit carried away last year. I mean, we I think apart from. Uh, one of the top German sides. I think we kept City at bay longer than anybody else. You know, didn't we, I know we lost one, last year one nil. Was yeah. it one nil we lost? And and they didn't score till like the eighty third minute or you know. But yeah, go on. No, I just I don't know. I, I'm just thinking that. I mean, we're we're talking about this, and we're, it's, I think it's absolutely right what everyone's saying. I think we've you know we've made some good points here about the, the, the quality that we were playing, and I still think that there's a degree of bad luck not just in this game but across the season that you really hope will even itself out at some point. But you know, really, I think to, to give people a bit of credit, they're not just frust- they're frustrated about losing three nil, and they're picking holes in this game. But the real frustration comes from one win in eleven. Um, and that's that's the flip side of all this argument about how competitive we are. And we are competitive pretty much every game we play. We've not been played off the park too many times, but we are not picking up wins. Uh, and we've got to talk a little bit about why that is. And we, we've talked about it before. And we, and we've got to go again. I mean, you know, it's not getting any easier. Southampton had a little wobble, but we'll sort of come back at the weekend quite well. And, 
you know, they're next up, and that's a home game, and we've got to, we've got to win our home games. But we could easily be sitting there after the after that game, saying, "Well, look at all the money that they spent and all the money that they brought in. They've got a billionaire owner, blah 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 blah." That's the game. That's the game, isn't it? It's the Premier League. So, you know, there's no real easy answer. But if we want to stay in this division, we've either got to hope the teams that are down there with us are struggling just as bad and have the exact same bad times. But you know they're picking up wins here and there. We've got to get some wins on the board. So that's the that's the flip side for me. Um, I'm just very aware. There's just want to catch up with what you guys have been saying. But uh, you have a question, Albert. Yeah, on a scale of one to ten, how badly was Marin Shamak missed? I, oh, it's it's huge in a way, in a in a way, and I can't qualify that because um, I don't think he's been quite as effective this season as he was last. Um, but having said that, I think he's doing an awful lot more work. Um, Joe has pointed out there was a dog in the background as I was speaking. There was. You're right. What does a dog <laughs> reckon? Um, he, he's a big fan <laughs> of Shemak. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mikey. Mikey said it was my mum. That's very kind. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, it's not, it's not oh, out the wrong tree there, isn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah, very good. But what? That's a good. I mean, it's a good question. Who? We talked about playing McJedley against the better teams, and we did. So was the answer to bring in Marouane Shemak, would the answer have been to play him up front again? You know, Would he have been effective? Would he have got the opportunities that Campbell got? Would he have been able to swap with Yannick Bellassi, admittedly ineffectively? Um, I don't know. That's why I try and qualify it. But you know, he's important to all the good things that we do when we're, when we're moving the ball well. But um, I think it was more of a... Uh, you know, play with pace on the break kind of game than the game that necessarily would have suited Shamak. What do you think, Albert? I think I'm going to say seven, seven out of ten. He was missed. I just think when you're when you're up up against the cosh like we were, you know, you know, like we were saying, they had their fullbacks pinned right up against us. You know that that automatically means that whoever's playing the the wide roles, whether it be Balassi, Campbell, or Punch, whoever's playing the wide roles, they they have to. They have to double back with the, with our fullbacks to try and you know help absorb that pressure, and that naturally takes away our counter attacking game because you know you, you can't afford for either of the, those wingers to to loiter around the centre circle with Campbell to then launch a you know a swift counter attack. Yeah. So in, in my opinion, you would need someone like Shamak camped out on on the halfway line because the only way we're going to get the ball out is essentially hoofing or clearing it, mm. and. N- n- neither Campbell, Punchin, or Balassi are going to hold it up long enough on the halfway line for our for the wingers to then join the attack. So I just thought we were on a we were on a hide into nothing. You know, you know we we naturally play a counter attacking game, but you know you need someone who who can just hold the ball just for that set that second and a half two seconds to allow you know more more outlets to join the attack. So I you know I, I thought Shamet was quite hugely missed. I'm not saying we would have won it. I'm not saying we'd have done any better. But you know. I just think looking at what he brings as opposed to, you know, it, it would have given us would have given us that thing that Joel's been talking about. That was almost that plan B, if you like, to you know to, to change. You know, it, well, imagine even if he hadn't started, imagine bringing him off the bench. You know, that would have, mm. that would have been a plan B, wouldn't it? That would have given us that, a different way of playing. And that Mangala's, you know, he's a he's a walking disaster waiting to happen. So I just think if you could have <laughs> somebody who's a bit more rough and tumble with him, who can just, you know, just get, just can nick the ball past him, you know, for an on, oncoming Balassi or Punchin, you know, you know, I thought that he could have really tied them up, you know, especially like you were saying, there's no, no company there either. So they're naturally a bit wobbly without him. I mean, I, I keep looking at it and I just think, 
I mean, we've got to be able to play 12 players, in all honesty. You know, we we need that team plus Shamak. Um, Patrick? Yeah, true. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what wouldn't it work if they would be attack, attack, attack. Because the minute we attacked that 2-0 down, that counter-attack that Man City did when Yaya Torre scored would have happened about five more times. So people talk about, well, why don't you go out and attack them? It's, that doesn't work against a Man City team. So I just want to point that out. That, Is that how they yeah. say it? Yeah, <laughs> just like that, Joe. Go and attack them. <laughs> I just um, part. I know there's a, there's actually a, there's a point to be made about getting your wingers to push back the fullbacks, um, but like you say that that I mean that, that works to a point if you can try and occupy them. But the problem is when you haven't got the ball, which is quite a lot against Man City, your wingers have got to track back because if your wingers don't track back, you concede. It's like yeah, it's hard to push them back when they're when they're in your area. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying yeah. to push them back. Exactly. Well, at least they can't go much further forward. Um, <laughs> Good point. Got to pull them back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're gonna have a. We're gonna sort of drop away to to uh, talk to Andy Gray momentarily while we still keep working on getting hold of Steve. A lot of you thinking that he's possibly avoiding us and realised that gel is on. Um, that's possible. You know, I'd, I wouldn't blame him if that was the case. Wait. You um, think he, some people are saying mm. he's swerving it because of me? No, they're not. I was making that up, to be honest with you. I've um, actually just need more. I need to sort something out because I've just got a message from another guest, funnily enough, who might, might be on in 10 minutes, um, which means we might have to stop the Andy Gray interview um, a little bit early and come back to it. So um, we're going to go and hear the, the first part of the Andy Gray chat now. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com <laughs> Okay, right, here we go. So, yeah, obviously, yes, welcome uh, to Homestead Radio. Merry Christmas, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to get straight into talking about your, your career, at, well, how it, how it began. You started your life as a, a Palace youth player before playing in the sort of local non-league scene. Uh, Dulwich and uh, Corinthian Casuals uh, but Steve Koppel brought you back to Palace in 1984 did you have any other options or was it an easy choice to play for Koppel? No it was um, I was obviously out of the pro game and then Koppel came and uh, just gave me my chance really um, he was coming off the of back of getting into the first round of the FA Cup first round um, mm. that season and um yeah it was um a great opportunity what he gave me mm. so obviously it was early in in his managerial career as such a young bloke but was he uh was he sort of quite an inspiring person even at that moment yeah obviously because obviously um watching him play for england and man united yeah. um he was a very very good player Absolutely. So those early days, you played a little bit further forwards, and uh, you actually weighed in with a few goals, top scorer one season, I believe. But you got moved back into central midfield. Uh, which position did you enjoy the most? Um, I liked playing up front, but I, was, I wasn't like good enough to get to that next level um, as a striker. Mm. But obviously. Um, I could play football, so um, I just used what instincts I had as a striker and um, put that into playing uh, in midfield where you could have more space and my back wasn't to the, the game. Mm. 
it certainly made a, a, a sort of a, a huge difference and you caught the attention of Vaston Villa like quite quickly on that one how did that that move come about was it was it hard to leave um yes and no i mean don't forget when when we were playing it wasn't like today where it wasn't like uh mad money at palace <laughs> we had like street fighters and um how we kept everyone in check was you know keeping you on your toes yeah and um when you felt that you deserved something you'd go in there and ultimately they would always say no Mm. because they would always make you feel that mm, someone else wouldn't take you, you know? All right. Okay. So, um, but you, obviously, yeah, you went to Villa. You had, you know, a decent decent time of it at Villa. Um, but we managed to get you back, uh, 89-90, and, and that coincided with some of the greatest moments in, in Palace history. Um, obviously, the, the one that everyone sort of talks about was that headed goal in the 4-3 semi at Villa Park you know such a special moment for players and fans I know we, we talked to Mark Bright about it and he, he still feels like it was yesterday what were your emotions around that game and, and that that team at the time no it was, it was a great team um, we were kind of all individuals but we all um, if one bled we all bled yeah and um, it was it was special um, not just the cup run but you know history went against us when we finished third in the league yeah and um, we didn't get into Europe so that changes uh, the course of lots of things in um, at a club yeah so, but it wasn't just that cup run I just think the, the balance we had was um, a balance which could have served the club for a long time that's actually going to be my next question because obviously sadly lost the, the final after replay but it was such a great effort in that in that 3-3 and, and very hard to take the 1-0 defeat but that next season like you say third place finish and to imagine you can't get into Europe by finishing third now is just insane but I mean that team was superb and like you say it could have gone on to great things had it had it stayed together couldn't it? Well yeah but the, the way it was it was built um, it was built by hard work and um people finding the right characters yeah where in today's football it's not really like that it's just about scientists from nasa uh, to, uh what's it, um analysts where for me the game's about going and spotting talent mm. and taking the chance with talent it's. I mean, they're still out there, even in the, in the non-league scene. You see it. There's still players who have drifted, haven't they? And you know, like you say. I mean, you see how Palace, even well, getting promotion. Um, you know, a couple of seasons back, that was more about togetherness and characters than it than it ever was about. You know, how much money and you know, you know what bits of equipment they were analysed by and all that stuff. But I know, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, so I mean, obviously. You know, it's just, it was a sad thing to you know that that team didn't stay together. But during that period, you managed to uh, get on for well played uh, started a game under Graham Taylor for England. If I remember rightly, you started on the right hand side on a possibly right back. Um, no, no, no um, right midfield maybe. I was, yeah, right midfield. But um, that was um, well, you think it, this would be mad to say, but to be quite honest, that was like the end of. Um, <laughs> my career really 
No, it was. I mean, yeah. certain things certain things happen in life, and um, prior to that, I think I was playing some of my best footballs just on fire every week. I was yeah. just like turning it in, turning it in, and um, I don't know. Subconsciously, I, I got to the top of the tree. The game didn't go so well. I didn't think it was a bit hard. Mm. Uh, Sorry, you, you cut out a little bit, Andy. You still there? Yeah, I said I didn't. Sorry, I yeah. didn't really take. I didn't really take the criticism too well because I thought it was a bit mm. harsh. Well, um, yeah. I actually, I actually, re- I actually do remember the game well because obviously, as a Palace fan, you always look out for your players, and I can remember you bursting down the right side and having a shot. And like you say, for, for Palace at the time, you were, you know, you were absolutely on fire. And I, I did actually think, you know, it was a shame you didn't get more more inter- international recognition. But you think it affected you sort of mentally at the time that that that, that didn't come? No, I, I think I, tr- I tried to add. Um Mm. when I went back into domestic, like obviously back into playing, so from one minute playing for England, the next minute I was in the reserve playing at Aldershot. So yeah. from Poznos one minute to Aldershot the next minute, and then leaving under a cloud, yeah. which is, is very, very sad because regardless of what anyone says about me or thinks about me, for, for the time that I spent at that club, I got in into the all-time eleven, and no one can ever take that away from me. You did, and, and rightly so. Alongside Jeff Thomas, and there, still many will tell, will say that's our you know all-time best central midfield, and and you know, I say it's rightly so, and it was it was well earned. Um, I mean, obviously, you did leave, you, you know you left Palace and you went to play a couple of seasons at Spurs, and you went out to play for Marbella in uh, in Spain. That was not not a lot not a lot of players do that. You know, still not these days, really. Many English players out there. I mean, how how did you get on in Spain? Yeah, it was alright. As I said, it, everything was kind of like crazy. I was just making wrong decisions. Even when I went to Tottenham, it was a wrong decision because really and truly, what I should have done. And I would have been allowed the opportunity was just to shrug off that disappointment, mm. knowing the people around me would have just sort of like let me get on with my tantrums and you know and and like sat me down and you know put me back to square one. But yeah, but I didn't. I just I just basically obviously because the reputation of how I was playing, people still saw me viable you know for their midfield okay um you did sort of you returned you played in a, in a scottish cup final believe at Falkirk, uh and ended yeah. your ended your career at, at millwall in the end um i mean was it tough to make the decision to retire or by that point had you sort of finally sort of come to the the, the end of your tether with it really no that, that was forced upon me i played um i was ill and the manager made me play a reserve game at crown lane yeah. reserves against uh, Palace and um, I, don't, I don't even know who the player was but he uh, sighed me down and I tore my cruciate ligaments oh nightmare yeah so basically I was like 30 33 going on to 34 um, yes. and the rehab was just 
no, it just wasn't going to happen, you know. Yeah, it's hard to come back from the injury. Obviously, Glenn Murray at, at Palace had the um, cruciate on the playoff semi-final a couple of seasons back, and has found it very hard to get game time at Palace now. So I suppose the, the sort of the older you get, the harder it is to come back. And like you say, at thirty-three, thirty-four, it's a it's a very long way back. Um, yeah, I did have a, a question. Obviously, we talked about the centenary eleven. I mean, that's I mean, what, like you say, that's a hugely proud moment for you, surely, and obviously recognition of, of the great things you did at Palace. Um, but beyond that, you um, you actually had a little spell as Sierra Leone manager. What was that like? No, well, that was um, that was doing someone a favour, really. I kind of um, I didn't really want to to uh, be known. As that, and um, yeah. basically, it was like forced upon me. Hence, <laughs> it wasn't for that long. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, is that something that you'd like to pursue in the future, in terms of management, coaching badges, that kind of stuff? I mean, what are you up to now? No, I just um, find players for um, for teams. You know, obviously, I go and spot a player. Um, I was the one who brought Andre Maritz to Palace. Yep. Um, and yeah, but it's, it's it's changed now because I'm like old school. So I'll, I'll go and watch somebody, and then when you when you actually speak to somebody at a club, and they say, "Oh, we, we've got to speak to our analyst." <laughs> 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 so it goes, yeah. So it's a lot harder than just saying, "Look, I found this kid who's, you know, playing incredibly well at a low level. Come and come and have a look," kind of thing. And uh, yeah, you kind of got that. That block in the way. All right. Well, okay. Wouldn't, 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 wouldn't I know more than uh, an analyst? I would have thought so, mate. Yeah. What you um, what you make of what's going on at, at Palace at the moment? In what respect? Well, obviously Neil Warnock's in charge of the club now. Um, lost Tony Pulis at the end of the well, at the beginning, right at the beginning of the season. Sort of, you know, chugging along, uh, sort of outside the relegation zone, but you know struggling to get wins on the board you know if you could change you know what do you think is it I mean is it is it looking bad for palace they're going to go down or do you think we could stay up no it's not it's not looking bad um i think if they could get a striker an angry striker who just loves scoring goals and i come back to that question where finding angry players is like um, I mentioned uh, uh, the boy at Coventry who went to um, Bournemouth. Uh, all right. And, um, yeah, um, well, I can't remember the kid's name, but he's, he's scoring goals at Bournemouth. But I said to Palace they should go and get him because at the time Coventry was struggling. Um, and... Um, yeah, they went, yeah, 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 but they could have like got him for next to nothing, I think about 500 grand, and then loan him back out, loan him back to um, um, Coventry. Mm. Um, but no, they didn't, so obviously Bournemouth come in and took the kid and the rest of the history. There's another boy at, um, Luke, um, at Brentford, his name is mm. Andre Gray. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen him. Yeah. You know, they're the players that, you know, clubs like Palace should be taking because it's a no-brainer, yeah. you know? If they, don't, if they do not perform, then you, you can always sell them because they're coming from a premiership side. So 
someone else will take them off your hands and you'll make profit. Yeah. Rather than always looking to get these players that, you know... Slot in. Yeah, slot in straight yeah. away. That's not going to happen. You you can develop them. We sort of, we sort of tried to do it with Quasi Apaya, who's been on loan at, uh, at Cambridge, but he's probably the only one that, that we've we've done what you say. It was Callum Wilson. I just looked it up. Who was the the lad at yeah, Coventry? Callum he's gone on to bump. You're right. He's got eleven goals in seventeen games or something for them. So there you go. We had an opportunity there. Well, <laughs> that's great. Here, have you got got any more that you've uh, you spotted recently? Yeah, there's, there's a few, but as I said, I, I, I get bottlenecked with the uh, oh, we've got to look at his stats, and you know, and, and and I'm I'm tired of like having to be brash and say, well, hang on, if I'm taking time to call you, I know I've got something. That's the way I played yeah. is the way I live my life. So I'm not going to ring you up just for the sake of ringing you up to talk about how's the weather and um, no. Yeah, I've got something. Listen to me. That's what Buggy did with uh, Andre Moritz, and I think Andre played a big part in Palace um, going up that season. He really did. He was a terrific player for us, and I mean, memorably, the the three kicks he scored, I think, against Wolves, sort of two in one game, or something. You know, two of the best goals I've ever seen. But like you say, overall, it it was a huge contribution for him uh, that that he made, and you know, he did he did really well for for Dougie at Bolton as well, and uh, I believe he's gone on to play in M- Mumbai now. Yeah, it's really he, sh- he shouldn't be in Mumbai. And if I told you that sees that season how much money he was getting to play in the championship you'd say Andy nah you're, you're telling lies uh, how are all these other, other players on all this mad money when a talent like that it's all about circumstances yeah. so you know you've got to treat the player well keep him hungry and when he does perform then you reward and that, that was the, that was the motto of of Hundred one notes. Ah, there you go. Well, was I mean, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about Ron. If we 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 sort of finish up with, with that, really. Obviously, Ron's now sadly sadly departed. But a lot was made of um, sort of the negative side of his his tenure. But obviously, he, he was in charge of the club for its most successful period. Um, I mean, how do you think the uh, the new guys stack up against Ron? Well. Football's changed since then. Everyone wants to be uh, on the radio, in front of the camera, mm. talking about virtually anything to get on getting the media. For me, chairmen, chairmen or chairmen or chairmen <laughs> should not be seen. They should be just giving what the manager needs to a certain degree. But it's a new wave of um, people in football and um, they want to be known like the squad of players that they've got. Mm. That's a very good point. It, it is a, like you say, it is a different game, but yeah, I say, a lot of people do say that, you know, you know, a lot of chairmen at a lot of clubs still, you don't, you don't hear a word from them, but like I say the demands out there, I guess, from, from Sky and from, you know, various different other resources that the people go to. And the, it, listen, it's no, been but, such a, such no, but, a good... Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying to you, Sky, they've already paid their money. They don't, they don't pay, they, like, people don't um, want to hear what a chairman's got to say about um, 
oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. No, they want to know what their centre forward's doing, or their mm. centre back, or their goalkeeper. So, you know, they yeah. can't just keep talking about Sky. Sky's paid their money. No, that's a fair point. Um, and obviously, without them, you don't get you know the, the what we've got now in, in terms of Premier League football, I guess. And I suppose that's that's the difficulty for fans, really. You know, you got to appreciate what that brings. Um, Andy, it's it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I really um, yeah. really appreciate you giving us your time. And um, listen, I hope to catch up again soon as well. Take care. Okay. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Bye now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, welcome back. That was, that was Andy Gray there talking uh, in detail about what he's up to now and his, um, yeah, and his past at Palace as well. Obviously, very. Um, I thought it was a very interesting chat actually with Andy because he just goes to show you, that he, you know, he's, he's trying to sort of, uh, you know, make make his way in the game now, and, and it shows how far the game's moved on. That it's, it's kind of almost restricted to someone who's out there and spotting genuine talent. As as he mentioned, Callum Wilson proved that, and it was it was huge. Um, you know, huge impact that Andre Moritz had when he brought him brought him to Palace. So, obviously, thank you so much to, to Andy for getting in touch with us um, and agreeing to, agreeing to have that chat. And um, obviously, all the best for the future, mate. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping to have uh, comedian Sean Hughes on shortly. We seem to be having all sorts of problems with the phones at the moment. But uh, yeah, still it's too uh, many people calling in. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's, just off. Off. it's just too hot. It has. We've gel's melted the internet, and I think he's also melted our phone system as well. So we'll keep trying on that score. We're also also supposed to be talking to Peter Ramage momentarily. So I'm not actually sure what's going on now. Hopefully the producer will make some sort of decision and allow me to um you know to actually talk to someone. Anyway, um, so going back to obviously what we were talking about before we um before we we spoke to Andy, it was you know. I, I've talked about the fact we've won one game in 11 um, and how difficult that is to actually cope with. So, I mean, how do we actually um, move on until... Well, hang on, I think we might actually have a call. Do we? No. Oh, he's just absolutely no help. Just, anyway, right, what I was actually saying... I'm so, so angry right now. <laughs> um, what we're talking about... It's talk, I want to talk about expectation. Um because obviously that has a huge impact. But let's take Boxing Day as an example. We're playing Southampton. We're desperate for a win. What do we have a What do we have a right to expect in that game? What do you think, Patrick? Well, we are playing a team that unfortunately has won their first game in. Is it first in six? I guess. So I guess it's better to be playing them after a win than having lost all those games. Because eventually they would have won a game eventually anyway. So I think we can get something out of the match. Um, Southampton have shown some cracks. Um, defensively and also going forward prior to yesterday's match. So I think, um, depending on what team we put out there Friday, we've got a definite chance to get three points. And uh, that we push on from there, I think. So uh, I'm being optimistic and thinking we can get a win on uh, on Friday. What do you think, Albert? Uh, what Are you asking the question, what do we have the oh, right uh, to well, expect I'm, I'm more yeah i'm more talking uh, about expectations I think, I think patrick's right no we don't no do we i think that's really what what i was potentially getting at um although i do think i mean you've got to have ambition haven't you you've got to want to win that game but expectations should we be beating a team like southampton i don't think no we should, no because no, no. they're a top six side at the moment so you shouldn't be expecting to beat anybody in the top so, six so where do our wins come from 
Well, we might, you know, we might beat them. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying that's what I just said. <laughs> no, yeah, look, I'm not. You know, ex- expectation and the, right. you know, the words. What do you have the right to expect? We nothing against any team. You know, obviously, teams that are in form at the top end of the table. Your, you know, it, form and, and you know class rises to the top. You know, they're gonna. They've got a better chance of winning the game than we do. But you know, we, you know, we've. We've beaten better teams in Southampton. You just got, you know, the stars have to align, don't they? And linesmen have to get offside decisions like right. correct. Mm. And you know, you, you have to defend well. And and you know, we need a striker. You know, we haven't got Shamak, so our, our whole team. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the first names on the team. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So something has to change. Um, And when your backup options, as we've discussed in depth, are significantly not as good, then you, you know you re- you're really up against it. You know, ultimately for us, we have to limp towards January mm. and hope that we do business early on. Not well, not wait till not wait till midnight when we're all sitting here, you know, with cowbells going off and all. <laughs> well, we have um, we have limped, haven't we? Really, I think that's that's the truth of it. And the fact um, is, if the season ended now, we stay up. <laughs> and I know it's the you know the season doesn't end now, but we've got this far and we're still in with a great shout. You know, and you know, we we with Swansea away, Spurs away. There's an argument to say we should have won those games. And if we had a, just that bit more quality up front, we would have won those games, and we'd have we'd have four more points than we do now, and we'd be sitting thirteenth or something. Um, you know, we we need to. We, we're competing. We are competing in games. You know, City beat us three nil, but you know, we weren't we weren't undone at half time. You know, it was it was a sloppy first goal. A bit of class for the third goal and some rotten luck to not get back into it two one. Uh, you know we're competing and that's all. That's all we can do. Yeah, uh, you're right, and uh, I totally agree that we are competing. And, it, and it's nice. It's nice to be able to actually look at our team in the majority of games we most we've recently played and look at them and think, you know what, we we're close here. We're actually, you know, we, we're not only are we competing, but we're probably only one or two players away from being a genuinely good side here. You know, it's one of the Definitely. it's one of the better team you know squads of players that we've had, and I suppose people's arguments, particularly, I mean, Alex, your argument often is that we're underachieving with the squad that we have. Is that something you still think? I still believe it. I think man for man that I could you could probably put five or six teams that are actually worse than us in our starting eleven. I think it's the strength and depth that 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 really gets us. And January is going to be huge for us. You talk about expectations, but you take Jednak, you take Balassi out of that squad, it's going to be. It's going to be even trickier. So January's make or break. I wrote it in the on on the Eagles elements. I'll give that a shout out the other day. That <laughs> that you know, we are we are we had, we did create chances against Man City, and obviously this year this season I've. 
have slated Neil Warnock at times, but I actually thought we did all right. And I think I think the hardest thing, and and a lot of reasons why fans are so upset that we have only won one in the last eleven, is that we are actually competing and still not getting the results. We're not putting those chances away. I think that's what makes it even more frustrating that. We are we are looking good. There are times that that we play really well. I just think we're lacking that player to come off the bench and change the game and put the ball in the net. We're we're missing two or three, um, but then take two or three out in January with the with the uh, with the African Cup of Nations or whatever it is that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point as well. The, the transfer window is not just about you know getting the players in that, that will take us from this team that is, is competing and actually playing really well in a lot of games and actually being able to, you know, to be, to make good on the chances that we're creating and create a bit more and to give other teams more to worry about. It's not just that. It's also dealing with the loss of Jedinek and it's dealing with the loss of Balassi. And uh, I think, you know, uh, it's, it's a difficult one. Go on, Patrick, very quick. Yeah, we need to, we need to have a window like we did last January. We need someone to come in and give punch and a little kick up the backside because I really think that he's one of our key players. He hasn't produced this year. Last year when Ince came in, for me, we not only did we sign him permanently, but he seemed like he got a little bit of a, 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 a something, you know, some kind of push to get him going. And we need to have someone come in, uh, uh, outside midfielder, similar to Ince's quality, that would, you know, sometimes play, sometimes not, but at least give uh, Punch and, and uh, Balassi right now, or even Zaha, a little push. Even Zaha needs a little push also. And then obviously you've got to bring in, I think we need to bring in a left back. I mean, I didn't, we kind of went bright, but... um. Alex had posted in the chat about a, a possible left back. There's a Senegalese player that we might be looking at probably um, signing. Well, not possibly signing, but I mean, what we're looking at. And I think that's really key because as uh, Alex, uh, Albert mentioned before, I thought that Joe Ward had a really poor game yesterday. I think the left back thing's really starting to bother him. It's bothering me more than bothering him, but he just stopped playing well at left back. We've got to get him back at right back as soon as possible. So for me, a left back, is key next to the striker. I think, if not as big, then close to being as important for us in the in the January window. Mm. No, I think that's a, that's a fair assumption to make. And I, you know, I don't want to get sort of bogged down in in the sort of the difficulties of having to wait for this window. I still think we've got to look at the next couple of games as a as a real chance for points on the board. Anyway, we're ringing Peter Ramage. Hello. Hello, Rambo. It's Ham. <laughs> Nearly said my name wrong. It's Chris Hambling on <laughs> Homestar Radio. How we're doing? Oh, I'm doing great. So, will you be sending Adam Johnson a Christmas card? No. <laughs> no, I didn't think you would. No. I was no. under instructions from the producer. What about a turd in a box? <laughs> you are. What I think about I'll- a turd in a box? Uh, sorry, I got. Don't just, honestly we'll just 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 ignore Albert. He wasn't supposed to interrupt me there, mate. Just just ignore <laughs> him. <laughs> well, first of all, hello, mate. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us. Thank um, you. Really appreciate it. Um, so the time weird derby was a bit of a uh, bit of a nightmare for you in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which uh, less said about it, the better. To be honest, I'm still in a bit of uh, deep state of mourning at the minute. You know, it's uh, <laughs> It's not a great time in the in the Ramage household at the minute. You know, the wife's been packed up up to bed, and I don't think we've you know we've spoke. Father and always round me, my brother and always round, and um, to be honest, with you, there was it was a bit of silent, a bit silent. You know, a few tumbleweeds running around the uh, the front room. So, it's yeah, not, yeah. Not a good day. It, 
Oh, but I can sympathise, you know, obviously. <laughs> you know, it's like where the Palace Brighton thing it kills exactly, us as well. Yeah, oh, I know how it feels. You just want to offend everyone you know and, oh. you know, kick everything. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, one wrong word by either a child or a, a family member could end in, you know, the Third World War. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we lost 3-0 to Brighton, I fell out of about five or six different people. It was great. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> we'll move swiftly on from that. I was, well, actually, let's, let's talk a little bit about Newcastle before we move on. Um, what have you made this season? It's been an incredibly odd thing to look at from afar, really, of, of the pressure that's been on Alan, Alan Pardew. Um, and yeah. then the sudden turnaround. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been just a... a, a the proverbial roller coaster ride for for us, Jordy. Well, speaking as a fan, us Jordies. I mean, it's you know it didn't start off great. You know, sitting bottom of the league, I think at one stage, and then all of a sudden something clicked, and they went on that uh, incredible run, and uh, picked up a few results. And, and you know, you know the last well, this last week, obviously losing at Arsenal uh, last weekend, Tottenham midweek, and then obviously today um, hasn't been a great week, but. Um, yeah, he's I, he's been under pressure probably since he got the job, and you know I had one incredible season where I think we finished fifth and got to Europe, and um, I, I don't know, it's just a weird sense of one step forward, two step back sort of thing. Um, yeah. You know, we've got a t- they've got a tough game Boxing Day at Man United and then Everton at home, um, so hopefully you know uh, they can turn things round, uh, turn things round over this festive period. Well, it's obviously incredibly frustrating for Palace as well to have Sunderland get another three points. So yeah. I share share the pain. Um, you're yeah. at Barnes. You're at Barnsley now, mate. Uh, playing pretty much basically every week, aren't you? Um, yeah. How's that, how's that been for you? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. You know, obviously been here last season. Um, most of this, it's it's basically the same staff, but there's been a complete sort of turnaround in the uh, in the playing side of things. Sort of the playing staff. Uh, it's a really young squad that we've got. Um, you know, I'm the oldest on the pitch or in the squad, which I don't know. It's it's a bit scary walking in, you know, and people looking up to me as if I'm, or oh, I am the elder statesman, which I've never been quite used to. But uh, but no, it's it's good. I'm enjoying it. It's uh, you know we've had a uh, some, we've been on a bad run uh, before sort of the last couple of results where we you know we were looking to promise or promising to get into the playoffs and then slipped up with three or four results and. Uh, you know, we we had a good win yesterday against um, you know Leighton Orient and a good win midweek in the cup against Chester. So, you know, we're going into the festive periods ourselves with uh, with a bit of confidence. Yeah. Have you grabbed any goals yet this season? Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah. I've got a couple. Yeah, right. chipped in. <laughs> good to hear. Um, I did see a <laughs> did see a picture of you that you put on uh, on Twitter of a particularly horrendous eye injury. What happened with that? Yeah. I just got another little scratch. It was ah, much and nothing. To be yeah. fair, I, 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 it was one of those ones. I've gone up for a corner and defenders try to flick it away, and I've you know tried to, to, to get my head on it, and I've uh, I've split my eye open. Um, it was pretty bad. To be fair, their doctors were uh, were trying to get me to to come off because it kept bleeding. So I just couple of stitches, bandaged it up, and, and got me back out there. <laughs> I couldn't uh, believe that. I, I saw the picture, and I thought, oh, well, you must have got taken off. When it looked and had a, had a look at the match report. And nope, nope, played 90 minutes. Nah, yeah, I just haven't changed, have you? <laughs> nah, nah, something's never changed. My dad wouldn't have, wouldn't have uh, let us come off. Like, I wouldn't have heard the end of it yet <laughs> if I had to come off. He's been a rugby man. He's seen worse injuries than that, and people play on, so Absolutely. he's always calling me. It's all sorts of... 
<laughs> um, obviously, you're still very much in touch with the lads at Palace and, and following the results. What what are you making of it from afar at the moment? Um, they're doing well, aren't they? I mean, I, I haven't really seen much of the games, just sort of seen the highlights. But, you know, we, I mean, obviously Paddy Max up uh, Sheffield, so I'm only sort of 15 minutes away. I see him quite regularly uh, when he's up here. So I've been chatting to him about things and it's, um, you know, the odd decision here or there not going their way um, missed opportunities and then uh, you know pick it up pick it up results and I think to be honest at the beginning of the season um, just staying in the league would have been another achievement um, you know it's an unbelievable finish to the season last season and finish 11th which you know, was beyond everybody's expectations um, so you know I think if you were to offer fourth bottom and, and staying in the division again I think most people will probably take that um, you obviously want to try and do as well as you can, but staying in the Premier League, the, probably we don't, well, when we were talking about it, was, it was the main aim. Um, and you know, they're doing all right at the minute. You know, I, I, I don't see any problems uh, in the second half of the season. That, um, the only one probably being, obviously, the Gator going uh, to the Asian Cup and, uh, yeah. and Yala going away to Africa. Um, you know, they're going to be two massive losses for the they're not just only the team, but the whole squad in general for what they bring both on and off the pitch. So, um, But there's, there's quality players in that squad to, to step up and it'll be an opportunity for them to to, uh, to get some games and, and show, obviously show the manager what they can do. Definitely. Um, do you, I mean, what, you, you sort of touched on it there that there's been a few decisions go, go the wrong way and all that sort of stuff. How much does that affect players? I mean, because it's happened in a fair few games now and you start to get, do you start to get the paranoia that, you know, you're, you know, things are such so against you that it's it's difficult to actually you know go out there and perform at your best. Uh, yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, yeah, you do wonder every time you know a ball comes in if a guy's going to be off offside or onside, or if it's going to be you know mistakenly given or not given or whatnot. But you know, you do just go out there and, and hope that uh, they all even themselves out. Um, you know, obviously the one on Saturdays, like the gaff was saying in his press conference afterwards, you know. You can't believe how he now he's not been given on sides. Uh, yeah. But it's it's just one of those things that happens. I mean, maybe the guy was too close to the lineman for him to really to realise he was even there. Um, yeah. So hopefully, you know, one of those decisions might come our way in the second half of the season, that, which we maybe don't deserve, um, and that can get us three massive points that we might need at the time. I was going to say if they if they do even themselves out, we're due about twelve wins on the bounce. I think so. That should be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so you were doing a bit of youth coaching last time we spoke. Are you still able to do that based where you are, or is that sort of taking a bit of a backseat? Uh, taking a little bit of a backseat. Um, I've had other things. Uh, I've been trying to get my my hand in it. You know, I'm, whatever happens here, if, I, if I'm to stay at Barnsley uh, for the remainder of the season hasn't been decided yet or not but if I am then I am going to try and get in more regularly and work with the, the youth team and uh, and get sort of some hours under my belt and uh, I know I was, when speaking to Danny Wilson he was trying to get me onto that side of things I'm still only 31 and my main priority is playing but uh, it's always something I've never I've never hit the fact that I want to go into that side of things when I'm finishing and uh, there's a good foundation um, to sort of begin my that side of things at Barnsley and uh, hopefully, you know, if, if I do see, I can get more involved and uh, and pass on some of me, me years of knowledge. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Now, it's, obviously, it, like you say, it's something you want to go into. Obviously, we saw you up at uh, an under-21 game at, at Sellers when we were doing a bit of commentary, sort of actually, you know, you're, you're sort of there sort of taking an interest in that. So clearly something that y- you want to do. Um, so I'd, obviously we'd love it if, you know, if it was at Palace. And I, I've still got this little hope in my brain that you're going to come back and be the striker we need. Is, is that going to happen? <laughs> it's funny enough, I was speaking to, uh, to Moza the other day and we are on about it. Uh, one about like defensive partnership and it was Colorado one of them games uh, we're having yeah, a bit laughing it. the crack about that and uh, <laughs> we're saying we wouldn't mind you know and obviously they're, they're looking at them they look out for some centre falls and if I remember rightly both that game we both scored so you know, we've done it before why not do it again eh? exactly <laughs> Mar- Murray and Ramage up top sounds perfect <laughs> to me <laughs> uh, well, mate. looking centre forward partnership that though <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. Uh, so, last little bit for you, mate. Um, you're, you're, you know, you're a footballer at Christmas time. Always interested to hear what uh, what that's actually like. There's such a run of games. Um, do you get actually get much of an opportunity to spend it with, with the family? And, and you know, how difficult is it to actually have a a regular Christmas? Yeah, it's tough. You know, I think in the last seven or eight years since I moved away from Newcastle, I think I had three Christmases at home, uh, and two of them were through. Uh, sorry, yeah, three Christmas at home uh, last Christmas. One when I done my knee, uh, and another one. Um, it's it's tough. You know, I've spent my fair share on my own, just in a either a hotel room or on in, in my flat on my own. So it's it's tough. But you know, last like I said, last Christmas and this Christmas we're going to get Christmas Day off. So it's going to be nice to wake up with the kids and and see their faces opening their presents and things like that. But you know, obviously you've got to realise that you know we've got a game Boxing Day, so um, your thoughts in that on, on preparing right for that. You know, I'll be heading down to the hotel sort of Christmas night to to get ready for the game. So it's it's hard to watch everybody everybody else indulging themselves in the the festivities and uh, and whatnot. But um, you know, we get what time uh, to do it, and we do it at the right time. So. Uh, it's obviously it's a lovely period, but it's it's a it's a busy period for us, and we've got to try and be as professional as we possibly can. Absolutely. Uh, getting a few tweets in. Um, Johnny says, "Please tell him how much I love him," which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Abby's followed it up with "and me" as well. So there you go. Two, <laughs> two biggest fans there. Uh, Charlie Holloway's got in touch and said, um, "I think you've essentially you've answered the. Do you think Palace? Well, no, you haven't. Do you think Palace will stay up? You've got to say yes, haven't you?" Yeah, I, I honestly do. You know, I, I think they've got more enough in that uh, dressing room to, to to stay up. And I think obviously it's been talked about uh, there might be funds available to bring people in in, in January, and uh, hopefully, you know, the ones that come in are uh, integrate quickly into the squad and, and add to what they've already got there. And I, I don't see any problem with them staying up. I think they'll be uh, they'll be quite they'll do it quite comfortably. Mm. Great. Um, and he's also asked, how does League One compare to the Premier League? Oh, it's a bit different. It's a little bit different. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the pitches are a wee bit bobblier, the balls seem heavier, you know, you get a few elbows flying here and there, as my face can tell. Um, but no, to be fair, it's actually, it, I've been really surprised with um, how good it actually is, the standard. Um, teams try to play football, it's no... Uh, lumping it up into, I mean, the, you know, obviously you do come up against a big man, but you come up against a big man in the Premier League. But the the quality of the league is is a lot better than I than I anticipated. And um, you know, it's 
it's seeing you know you're seeing that with likes of Brentford this season, you know, up at the top end of the the league, and you know, coming off from getting them um, promoted last season, so uh, it's it's a lot better than I thought, and I'm uh, enjoying it. It's tough, uh, not gonna lie, it's tough, but it's uh, it's enjoyable. Yeah, well, it's great to see you enjoying your football, mate. Um, thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna uh, thanks for having us. Go, yeah. Take care, and hopefully speak to you soon. Merry Christmas. Cheers, Pope. Yeah. Cheers, lad. Take Bye it now. easy. Take Bye-bye. care. There we go. That was uh, Peter Ramage there. A lot of love from him on social media and various other things. Great pro um, and our favourite guest of all time. Just an absolute legend. Um, nothing from... Uh, can't, can't get hold of Sean News. Can't get hold of Steve Paris. So having a bit of a nightmare on that one. So hopefully the uh, the chats of Andy Gray and Peter Ramage are going to be enough for you for now. But we will keep trying throughout the rest of the show. And I slowed my speech down there so I could click on some other things. Uh, I've noticed that... I've noticed that Mikey is also is still trying to get hold of Steve Paris. Let's see if it rings. Or let's see if we get that horrible lady telling us that he's in an area that he cannot receive a call. I mean, it's taken... I hate that woman so much. Blankety her, blank. Her and her voicemail service. <laughs> shame, shame, but, you know, we've got to move on. Um, obviously, it is Christmas time, as you well know. Um, and as a result, we, we do have a Christmas quiz. Now, there's a bit of a problem with this in the last year, I think it was the funniest thing we've ever done. Um, quite a lot of you got quite angry with me about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> me included. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I still, I still think this is going to be worthwhile. There's going to be three rounds, okay? Three rounds. It's be, the initial round is going to be a identify the quotation kind of a round. The second round, we've managed to get uh, six genuine players, definitely the real players, to uh, talk about what they've got for Christmas, and the, the, the guys have to guess what that might be. And the final round is a quick-fire round where they'll have 60 seconds to um, answer questions each, and we'll see how they get on. It was it was bitter last year, I do have to say. Um, Albert and Gerald have teamed up again this year, trying desperately to avenge what they consider to be an unjust result. Come on, it's it's sad, isn't it, that they you know they're still bitter about losing. <laughs> Shut we, up, boy. I was. <laughs> right, now you come on to chirp about you cheating last year. Oh, get over it, Ray. Come on, Ray. Winston, so, get over it. as you can tell, this is going to be quite hard for me to manage. <laughs> um, uh, we are going to finish after we've done that. We've got some some excellent emails in from you guys today, and we are going to finish with a bit of a chat. Um, on a few other little topics. So the quiz won't end the show, but um, hopefully it will entertain you. It uh, will if I lose. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Albert may storm off the show, um, but there we go. So round one, it's famous quotes. Um, It says in the document here, Mikey to turn off auto fade. So hopefully he'll do that. Um, So um, then the teams have buzzers and uh, gel and Albert's buzzer is. That's to celebrate Joe's love of Charlton Athletic and everything associated with them. Thank you. And uh, Patrick O'Connor and Alex's buzzer is. Oh, I don't know why I've selected oh, that. That one. is brilliant. That is did brilliant. You, Thank you. Did you get a little bit of pride there, your adopted home country, Patrick? Uh, look, just a little bit, just a little bit. A little tear, maybe? Yeah, I'm crying right now. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really sell that to me. I wonder if Joe will be crying at the end of this like last year. Come on, Alex. Don't listen, Joe. I'm rubbish. He's a teacher. He he knows everything. You guys ready? 
I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, a bit of organisation here. Let's just calm it down. Do listen, but as soon as you know the answer, you know what to do. Um, hopefully, it's been explained to you. Uh, the first my, round? The first round is famous quotes. I say famous quotes. Quotes. Palace-related quotes. Oh, it's well, all You're going to read them out? I'm going to read the quote. Uh, I'm not going to do them in an accent for reasons you'll understand later on. Um, so, I'll read a quote. Yes, because I can't do accents. All right. <laughs> but, um, so I'm going to read a quote from someone associated with Palace in some way, and you will have to guess who said it. You will. Uh, all you have to do is be the first to buzz in and uh, give an answer. And if it's correct, you will be awarded a point. If you get it wrong, your opponent will get a chance to steal. Can we interrupt, or do we have to hear the quote? You, you can interrupt, but by the mechanism we have in place. Do we get two goes as well? Joe, can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> no, one go, one go. So basically, if... Can I change teams, please? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Now, the whole quiz isn't you asking me a series of questions. Come on, let's go. Question one. I nearly read out who it was. That would have been really bad. Um, the quote is, I was happy to come to Crystal Palace. The fans were very good in London. The only negative part of my time was the relegation. I still follow with great passion what happens to Crystal Palace. Um, so either either Patrick or Alex. Um, who do you think that was? Andre Moritz. Incorrect. You have a chance what? to steal. No. Uh, oh, God. Patrick, Sorry. Alex. Well, think about it. I did. I thought. I thought. Oh, sorry. We have a we have a chance Albert, to steal, do we? Who do you think? You do. They don't know. Um, I think it's um, somebody that we signed in the Premier League year last time. Out. I'm going to say it's no. Oh, it's tough, isn't it? Gonzalo Sorondo. Wow. Um, incorrect. The the answer was. I mean, come on. You're going to kick yourselves. Actually, uh, I'll see if any listeners have got it. No, Alex. they're not. They're not playing along. Uh, Alex has. Alex, who did you think it was? Ventola. Oh, no. Alex. No, oh, it was Attilio Lombardo. Ah, think Damn. about it. Think about, think about it. it. Yeah, that was him speaking to Palace Echo in two thousand and one. I think we um, should get a minus point for Moritz because that's just a shocking answer. It was so it stupid. I know it was so dumb. <laughs> so, so anyway, dumb. still level at zero zero. Question two: The quote is. Palace will raise their game because they want to take us down with them. There is a great rivalry between the two clubs, and that situation will never change. A draw will not be enough for us. Gel's team? That is that toss. Oh, go on, Albert. Oh, no, go on, Gel. He's a Sunderland player. Can't think of his name. Jason McAteer. No, 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 that wasn't our answer. No, but, okay. I'm going to have to hurry you. You mean Lee Catamore when you're incorrect. Yes. So, a chance to steal it. I will read it again. Listen very carefully to the to the quote because I th- I want you know I want an answer here. Palace will raise their game because they want to take us down with them. There is a great rivalry between the two clubs, and that situation will never change. A draw will not be enough for us, and if the players don't battle, we have no chance. Go ahead, Alec. I don't remember who it is. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying me because I could. Minus um... <laughs> points. I don't know. Gus I, I didn't know. I didn't even actually think these were that difficult. That was Alan Mullery. This is riveting. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah. No, you weren't, Alex. Alan Mullery. I was. I so genuinely was, but I thought okay, it was guys. too far behind. So far. I'm much too hard, by the way. I don't think they are. They are. Let's see if you get on with this one. Please. Question three. 
Quote three, even. I'd just broken into the first team at Carlisle, wanted to continue playing regular football, and I thought that I might have had to bide my time at Manchester United. They came in for me again, and I went to Blackburn from Palace instead. But that was due to Palace oh. needing all the funds up front. Matt Janssen. It is Matt Janssen. That's not big. Fucking yes. Joe, Joe, language, come on. But I've got me taking me for. Scared the crap out of my missus as well. You have, yeah. No bitterness. Come on, focus, guys. All right. Focus. Quotation four. Being at Premier League level would be a dream, really, and I'm sure everyone would love to have that problem. You can look at individuals and say we need X, Y and Z, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot to be said for togetherness. I'm not saying we need no need to go and beat the top four. Here we go. No! Joe? I'm going to say Holloway. Me too. Oh, right era, wrong answer. Nice. Throwing it over. You can't give a clue, away I'm the throw-over. No, here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm not oh, saying boy. I'm not saying we need to go and beat the top sides in the Premier League, but I think if you look maybe twelfth down in the Premier League, I think we're good enough to compete in that many many uh, mini league, so to speak. Quick, Keith Millen. Incorrect. The answer was Damien Delaney. Yes. Uh, that was a difficult. <laughs> okay. Nice Quotation, try, Alex. Quotation number five. Pay attention. And that was that. No massive blowout, just two people who didn't gel. In hindsight, I think Coppola had become used to doing what he was. Simon Jordan. Correct. It was Simon Jordan from his book, Be oh, Careful What You Wish For, on the yes. on the separation of uh, Palace and Coppola. Oh. Final quote, and I thought this was a good one. Quotation number six. What would the Premier League really be like without the Football League? Are we honestly saying that of all the television money is just paid because of the Premier League? What would the Premier League actually be like if there was no relegation or promotion? There are as many games on Sunday. Ian Holloway. No. <laughs> Frozen out. There are as many the games... Yeah, there are many games on a Sunday towards the end of the season that feature in the battle against relegation as there are games from the top of the table, which only exist because of the Football League system to gain promotion to the Premier League. So strong views from someone talking about the Premier League from a Football League perspective. What do you reckon, Jill? Any clues? Conferring? It's always... Pa- parish is always, you know... Is that your nah. answer? No, no. You sure? Um, Jill, are you confident in that one? No. I was going to say Goldberg. See, see, I'll tell you what. I swear to you, I was going to say that as well. Go on, so, then, say it then. so we'll say it then. Mark Goldberg. Incorrect. It was Steve Parrish. Oh, I was going to say Parrish. Oh, God. There you go. That was the controversial round one that just basically oh. descended into a lot of shouting. Let's see how round two goes. It's still 2-0 to us. Come it's 2-0. It's 2-0. The, the score is 2-0 to Gel and Albert. Uh, you got a I wrote that about a minute before the end. I'm quite happy with that. Um, okay. Um, okay, right. Sorry, I'm just getting a message from the producer that I can't possibly answer at this point in time. Hmm, okay. Guess the pre- uh, So, the, uh, round number two is the, um, <laughs> well, let's call it the, oh, I can't call it what I've actually called it. It's, uh, it's a round where you've got to guess the present, yes. Uh, so, what you'll be hearing is uh, six... 
I say six, yeah, six players have kindly given their time to provide a clue as to what they may get for Christmas. Each team, uh, the winning team first, which is obviously Albert and Joe, will take turns to guess. Now, what you need to bear in mind in this is that you, will, you get to have a guess before we play any clips. You just get to know the name of the player. Uh, you'll get three points, sorry, four points, if you get that correct. Then it descends in points every, after every clue. You will hear all the clues anyway, and you'll get a chance to change your guess. So, obviously, each team alternating. Everyone clear? No, but go ahead. <laughs> Just, right, okay, first... No idea, go ahead. <laughs> I thought that made sense. <laughs> Do we have to buzz in? Do we have to buzz in? You don't know. No. no. Okay. So good. It's starting right. with we, you two. We all today, um, right? I'm going to go with. Um, I think hopefully Mikey's got these all lined up and ready to go. I think we're going to go for them uh, in order of of the. Order. Uh, hang on, hang on, Mikey. Tell me which one's up first. <laughs> okay, the first uh, person is Damien Delaney. Do you want to have a little guess about what Damien Delaney might have got for Christmas before we hear his clues? A red card. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you, you basically you get to uh, you get to stick with that as your um, as your Sorry? guess. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you wait, wait, no, you'll get a chance to change that. Um, we'll as get you a chance, mate. Want. All right. So if that is correct, but the end of these clues, you will get the full four points if it's correct, which clearly isn't, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's the first clue. Hello boys, it's Damien Delaney here. Let's have a look at what we got for Christmas. Just like last time actually, it's it's a lovely gift I can wear that reminds me of home. A leprechaun's outfit. No, because that's what he had last year. I, 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 no, I, I, a, a Guinness hat. <laughs> okay, that's, that is, that's your current... That is your current uh, guess, of Guinness course. Hat. So we'll hear the next clue now. It's tall and dark with a flash of brightness. Guinness hat. <laughs> Sticking with that? Yep. Sure. Yep. All right, let's hear the next one. It's what English people wear on their heads on St. Patrick's Day to pretend they're Irish, so it is. It's a Guinness hat. It is indeed a Guinness hat, and that is the correct answer. Three nil to me, basically. Well done, that Fair is. Play, fellas. It's right. It's a Guinness hat. Oh yeah, Damien Delaney was going to tell us that. Brilliant. So there you go. You were awarded three points because you got it on the first clue. Congratulations. <sighs> five nil. Well done. What's the score? Five nil. It is. It is. Um, guys, you've got. A, you've got uh, you've got a chance to uh, to steal, so don't worry about it. Not to steal, okay. to, to actually score some points in this round. Because, in all honesty, these aren't that difficult. Um, okay, Chris. I mean, I say that like it's true, really. But because right, yeah. you know all the answers, don't you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, essentially, exactly. So I wrote, you. He, wrote, he made them up. That's why. <laughs> exactly. So it's not very hard <laughs> for him. I understand that now. So um, I'm not sure who we've got up next. Oh, uh, yeah, there we go. Um, okay, so. It's, uh, it's Brader Hanglin next. So, guys, obviously, Alex, Patrick, confer and see if you can come up with a, a guess about what Brader Hanglin might get first. You've got a guess, Alex? No. So he You've got is... to come up, come up with something. Uh, Where's he from again? He's from Norway. Norway. Norwegian, so I'm going to say... Norway! Norwegian. 
Norwegian. Um, chocolate. Okay, if you've, chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. Yeah. All right. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, mate. Go with that. Paragraphs or something. I don't know. Whatever. Smooth We're going to hear, gonna hear clue number one now. Hello, everybody. This is Breda Hangeland. Uh, let me just have a look what I have got for Christmas. I sounded a little bit like a vampire. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, anyway. The, um... <laughs> it's quite a large gift. So there you go. It was quite That's a large gift. A large gift. Um, it's not. It's definitely not chocolate. Then so. it seems to. It seems to have cut off. Potentially cut off before what I thought would yeah. say. Yeah, I think we've we've we're getting we're getting. Um, uh, just so you know, I think afterwards he said this will come in handy from when I'm driving to go on a mountain holiday. Hmm. No. Um. My name is Jeff. That's the sound that. Something for driving. All right, listen. Clue number two, because you're struggling. I haven't got a clue. Uh, this item was invented in. No. This item was invented in my home country, like last year, where Johnny Parr had that cheese slicer. This must be some sort of yearly cycle. Oh. So, like last year, uh, it's an invention that was from Norway. Some sort of bike. So you go. You're, is that is that your final answer? Well, you get a chance to uh, change your mind, but that is, is it your current answer for this round. Chris's mum. What, what do Brilliant. you reckon, Matt? Yeah, I'll go bike. with that because I don't even know uh, what some Norwegian. Some sort of Norwegian, but I, have they got okay. like any type of bike or something? I don't know. Alright, um, that's where we are at the moment. So let's have the final clue, please. This mobile storage device uh, can obstruct the vision of fellow motorists. Uh, Mila Yedinek says it wrecks him off. I got it. Bike rack. And well Alex. done, it is a bike rack for my car. Yay! There yeah, you go. So there's a point there for you. You got it on the final clue. Congratulations. 5-1. One. One. Christ. I didn't realise... Uh, just didn't realise that Breda Hangland sounded like that. It's amazing, isn't it? How these players actually—he sounds like he needs a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so hopefully, I think up next we have—it's uh, James MacArthur. So, uh, Alva and uh, Joe, if you can have a little guess before we get underway. The kilt. Uh, go on. We'll All right, sticking that. with the kill. Okay, let's have the first clue for James MacArthur. Hi there, I'm James MacArthur. Let's have a look what I've got for Christmas. It's definitely a box shape. Little things rattling inside it there. The real James MacArthur there. So, any any ideas? Can I just ask? Did he say box shape or book shape? He said he definitely said box shape. I, I do speak Scotch, so I understood that. Scotch. Go and drink, please. Deep fried Mars bar. What did you Albert? say, John? Deep fried Mars bar. No, no, no. Is it a is it a box of shortbread? Okay, that's your, that's your guess for now. Let's go to clue number two. That's so you did get it on clue one. 
let's uh, open the little fellow and see what we got. Is this sound effect going on too long? Well, look at that. It's it's some sweet snacks. Right, just to clarify, James McCarthy was ad-libbing and he said you didn't get it on clue number one. That may be the true, that may not be true. Uh, he's clarified that it's some sweet snacks. Are you going to change your guess? Well, mm. we all know that the Tunnock's tea cake was invented in Scotland. That's, that's true, but it's, you know. I'm going to stick with the shortbread. Okay. So, uh, the final clue, please. Clue number three. Okay, so you've not got it yet, so uh, let's give you another wee clue. So, uh, this box of snacks, I'd say it's definitely more befitting of Barry Bannon than Chris Kettings, on account of their corresponding heights. Do you see? Of, Quite clever, that. shortbread. You're unbelievable, You're unbelievable. I know. Well done, we men. It's a tin of shortbread. Uh, there you go. Congratulations. Another three points. Wow, well, two. No, he got it on clue one. Did he? Yeah. yeah, it's oh, unbelievable. It really God. is. It's almost as if he knows how my brain works. I mean, yeah, James McCarthy's yeah, brain works. McCarthy's brain, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm um, not sure who we've got up next. Let's have a look. We've got Mile Yedinak up next uh, for what Patrick and for Alex. Now, bearing in mind the clues that we've had so far, all do seem to be well of a certain type. So, have a little, have a little chat, and then uh, get you guessing. Um. A didgeridoo. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I don't yeah. know if get that last year. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask, I don't remember. I think he had a koala fur coat last year, if I remember a melee. Yeah, melee had a cold right. last year as well, I've listened back. Go with a, go with a didgeridoo right. then. Go with okay. a didgeridoo then. Alright, yeah. so clue number one, please. Alright guys, me- melee head neck here. Let's uh, have a look what I've got for Christmas. It's quite, quite well wrapped. Oh, look at that. That's Bonzer. I've got my favourite Aussie gift. So not too big a clue there, but it's his favourite Aussie gift. You're going to stick with didgeridoo or maybe try something else? That clue was awful, so I stick with didgeridoo, right, Alex? What are they? Or... Do they have a specific... What are they... Uh... What do you think? Do they use boomerangs loads out there? Oh, they sound rattled. Know. They sound rattled. Well, they, I mean, it, you know... Yeah, it, that clue was so bad, though. Doesn't it give us any... Anything a favourite? Right. Could be a boomerang. Could be a could be a kangaroo. Maybe there was. I don't know. I'm not. I'm just saying. Uh, obviously, it was me. Uh, Yednak who did it. But could be a can of Foster's. He opened it quite quick, didn't yeah, he? So exactly. I don't know. I don't know if there was a clue there. It didn't take him long to open it. Take ages. You want to change it, Alex? To the Foster's. Yeah, don't go can of Foster's if you I want. Be I, against, know, I wouldn't whatever. be against that. Yeah, no, let's change. That. Let's change it. Yeah, let's change it. Can of Foster's. Okay. Favorite. Clue number two. Oh, look at that. that. I've even left the receipt in in case I need to return it. Oh, come on. That's not a clue. That really is. I got it. I got it. (laughs) A receipt in in case I need to return it. Return it. Oh, it's got to be a boomerang then. Okay, sticking with that. All right. Okay, clue number three. If you throw this thing all wrong, essentially it's just a stick. Get in. (laughs) Well played, fellas. Although it was a bit easy, it's a boomerang. That two points. That was on clue number two. Clue, clue number two, yeah. Uh, no, they got clue number three. Clue number two. Two. We had they, one after that one. Aussie gift. Aussie gift. It was clue number one. I'll have, I'll have to return it. You said didgeridoo. Otherwise, it's a then stick. You said Foster's. That's three. 
Guys, I'm, I'm going to set you on fire in a minute. Clue number two, they said boomerang after they heard the word return in their clues. Thank you. Cheers. Decision. My decision they is said final. Fosters, but then what? they said Fosters. They said that on clue number one. Albert, Albert, when you hear when you hear it back, I will yes, accept I your apology. Back. I won't apology be with a back. gift. I'll be listening back. Well done, Alex. Two, it's seven, seven, three. That's correct. Seven to three. Next up for Joe and Albert is Joe Ledley. So, what do you think Joe Ledley might get? Beard clippers. No, 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 no. Um. Joe Ledley got a Tom Jones CD. Okay. Is that your final guess? You want them to win this, don't you? <laughs> it's our first guess. Let's put it that way. That is your first guess. Okay. Uh, let's hear clue number one. Hello, guys. Joe Ledley here. Uh, let's have a look what I got for Christmas. It's been difficult to open this. Oh, that's lovely. Someone's got to be some food. So there you go. Joe Ledley's got some food. What do you think? Some f- food? Lakes. Oh. <laughs> mm. um. Could be lakes. Could be, mm, could be lamb. Couldn't it? Welsh lamb with a special sauce. Um, no, I'm going to need a, a final answer to move on with. Yeah. Go on, Come go on, on Joe. Come on, Give it. Give it, give it, give it some leaks. Okay, we're going with leaks. Can we have clue number two, please? Well, I eat this all the time, I do. Uh, over there, though, it's a bit uncommon. Welsh rabbit. Okay, and uh, we'll hear... Is that you going with that? Yeah. Let's hear clue number three. Uh, this is uh, the national dish of Wales, although the English call it cheese on toast with a bit of ham. <laughs> Welsh rabbit. Tidy guess that it is. It's Welsh rabbit. That's, by the way, uh, that's two points. By the way, not one. That is, that is two points. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Same thing we did before, Albert. The only numbers you need to know that it's ten three. Yeah. <laughs> that I got. Thank you. Cheers. Just Joe uh, on a band from answering. <laughs> seems to be taking control. The uh, the final. The final, you'll be happy to know, <laughs> of this one, uh, final of this round, is uh, is Scott Dan. So, guys, what would this... Yeah, I'll, just, I'll tell you now, this is tricky. Uh, I, there's a bonus point on offer on this one, and I don't care that if you hate that or not, Gel and Albert. Thank you, you, thank you. There's a bonus Shut point if you Jesus. get the full answer. So, it's uh, Scott Dan. So, let's hear clip one. Wait, wait, we haven't guessed yet. Oh, shit. <laughs> um... He's from Liverpool, right, suit. Alex? I was going to show a shell suit. A shell? Why are you saying that, though? Oh. <laughs> I'm just joking. Really? No, I'm just joking. Um, All right, we'll go with that. Can we, with yeah. So can we have a guess as well? No, no! Yeah, no. Wrong, you you bet, you've had yours already. Honestly, that guy, just shut up for a minute. Right. <laughs> uh, can we hear clue number one, please? It's a CD of my favourite band, so just leave it alone. Or... I was going to guess wait, that, you know. Wait, 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 wait. That wasn't even clue number one. Mikey's made that a mess. That was the last mass one. I, I was going to guess a, a Beatles CD before, but that's all right. But I Scott's on here. Let's have a look what I got for Christmas. <laughs> it's taking ages to unwrap this. Hold on. 
nicht zu klettern, sondern Jesus Christ. Oh, lovely that! It's a musical gift. Sorry, what's your guess? Oh, yeah, it's a Beatles CD. Beatles CD. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's see what happens if you change your mind from Clue to. Bearing in mind there's a bonus point on offer. Wait, wait, wait! I want to confer. All right, Alex. Is yes, it man. Beatles or should we go with Joel's guess in the in the in the chat and go with Chiller Black? <laughs> <laughs> well, they said they said band, didn't they? In that guess that we had. Exactly. So we'll stick with the Beatles, right? Yep. And let you know mind. the Scouse bands. Bear mind, because this is tricky, isn't it? This one. So yeah. there's a, it's because there's a bonus point on offer. That's why it's tricky. The bonus point is tricky. Oh, yeah. but not this part. Okay. Alright. Well, I'm not All saying right. that. Alright, yeah, Beatles did. CD, please. Alright then. Clue, okay, staying with Beatles CD. Clue number two. Please, I'm properly made up with that. I can't wait to get it down the long and winding road home. That's really difficult to say. The long and winding road home. Anyway, that's, that'll do. Scott Dan had living there. I don't know why he did that, but okay, so. Well, three points, thank you. Alright. And, uh, clue number three, please. It's a CD of my favourite band, so just leave it alone. Oh, <laughs> I love I Scott this Dan. Bonus point. I'm going to throw the bonus point over as well. I love Scott Dan. Did it's you? Let uh, it be. It's Let It Be by the Beatles. Let uh, it be. Okay, well, you've answered it too quickly there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I said throw it over. Yeah, I said I'm going to. We haven't done it yet. So you've just given Patrick and Alex the... Yeah, I'm ready so. for the question now, Chris. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, obviously, what is your final answer so Mikey can play a thing? A Beatles CD. Yeah. That's four or three points, by the way. Should be eight, seven, or is it... Yeah, yeah is right. It? Okay, so that's your final answer. Didn't we have that Alex, Alex is that our final answer? Yeah. All right, yeah. So you're saying a Beatles CD is your final answer? Or Beatles yeah. record. Wait, 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 are you trying to trick no, us? No, no, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just trying to clarify. Because you're <laughs> okay. going to shout at me in a minute. Can we say... Oh. oh, oh. Wait, wait a minute. Can we say... Oh, no, that's... Go on. Hurry up. Quick. Quick. Wait, Alex, what's he saying? What's he trying that for? Just quick. I don't know, mate. Let's just go with it. Beatles CD. Right, okay, so it. the answer given is, uh, is the Beatles CD. You mugs. Wait. The tension's building. It is. Unlucky fellas, it was the Beatles album, Let It Be. Right, okay, I'm gonna, Mikey completely misunderstood. He's managed to turn this into a car crash by playing the clips in the wrong order and now misunderstanding basic instructions. <laughs> but as the, uh, as the operator of this quiz, I'm going to resolve it immediately. You get three points for getting the fact it was a Beatles CD early on. But, but Joe and Albert get the bonus point for identifying Let It Be. Fair I asked you to clarify because you weren't saying that it was the album Let It Be. That was a clever clue and you ruined it. And I hate you. gave you the answer. Fair, fair enough. The answer. Right. Fair enough, fair enough. So, so one point More importantly, what's the point score? Joe, Nine, Albert, seven? Three, three points go to Patrick and Alex. Nine, Those seven. Exhausting. Nine, seven. And, uh, nine, six? How many points did we get just now? Sorry. Let's, um, let's let Mikey t- total that up and we'll, uh, we'll carry on, shall we? Eleven, six. That can't be right. Well, we had two questions ago. All to play for in round three, if you can shut up for just a moment. 
Both sure. teams get a minute each. So the team that is losing will start first. Teams not more participating, mute your mic. Oh, thank God for that instruction. <laughs> you get a one-minute bed playing, and when it ends, the quickfire is over. If you do not know the answer, clearly state the word pass. Questions are be- being read as the, be- as the bed ends. Um, the answer can be given. So you'll get, I'm started, so I'll finish, that kind of thing going on. All right, everyone clear? We're going to start with Alex and Patrick O'Connor. And I am going to ask some questions as soon as the music starts. What is Andrew Johnson's shirt number? 17. David Spins scored a last minute winner in the playoff final against which team? I can't hear. I can't hear. I know. I know. It's a disaster. I can hear. I can hear music. I can sign. Right, oh, okay, so we're going to restart, <laughs> definitely. A quiz or a thank you. What was the question? Curious. <laughs> Shut up, Oh, you're the... supposed to be on mute. Be... Exactly. A, a you... gap between a mountain. Pass. I only heard the first question. <laughs> so loud, I couldn't hear anything, sorry. Okay, it's all right, we'll restart, it's fine. I'm going to ask you the same questions again, so it won't matter. Great. Okay, as soon as we're ready to go. What is Andrew Johnson's shirt? Correct. David Hopkins scored a last-minute winner in the playoff final against what team? Sheffield United. Correct. Jim Cannon, Kenny Sanson, Vince Lair are part of a group of Palace players nicknamed what? Team of the 80s. Correct. Jim Cannon is number one in Palace's all-time appearance list. Who is number two? Johnny Byrne. Incorrect. Uh, we'll move on. Which Palace player holds the record for the quickest hat-trick in six minutes and 48 seconds? Johnny Buckingham. Correct. Who put the ball in the scouts' net? Correct. Julius Brony won Player of the Year three consecutive times in 2008 to 10. Who won it next? Incorrect. In 1989, Palace lost 9-0 away at Liverpool. Which Palace player is the penalty of the day? Jeff Plummer. Correct. Name the first Palace player to represent England. Incorrect. Which Palace goalie was famous for his yoga on the pitch and wearing baggy trousers over his kit? Riley. Correct. Uh, with, uh, sorry, what is the name of the eagle that flies for home? Correct. Well done, lads. I don't know how many there was, but Mikey was definitely counting. We got two wrong, I think. So that was nine, I think. Nine correct there. Mm. Well done, Alex. Well, good job, mate. Well done, so you, you're to now to return to mute and we'll, Eight, uh, correct. All right, no we'll, problem. And we'll uh, we'll begin as soon as the music begins. We'll begin with Gel and Albert. How many do we need to win? I'm not telling you. Just do your best. <laughs> At three, Albert. Dwight Gale was top scorer for Palace last season with how many goals? Incorrect. What was Palace's what? original name before the Eagles? Correct. 2004, Palace got promotion to the Premier League, winning 1-0 against West Ham. Who scored the goal? Shipley. Correct. How many goals did Kevin Phillips score for Palace? Six. Incorrect. What team did Calvin Andrew finally score against? Oh. I'm not even sure that's true. He means Wayne Andrews. Which team did Wayne Andrews find? Blackburn. Coventry. Coventry. Did Blackburn first? Incorrect. What year was Palace formed? 1905. Five. Correct. In 1979, Palace beat Burnley to reach the top flight for the first time. What was the score? 3-1. 2-1. Incorrect. 
2-0. Uh, Andy Johnson scored a hat-trick against Strike in 2002 as part of Palace's 5-0 win. Which player scored the other two? Freeman and Julian Gray. Great. I'm sure we asked that question last year. In 2010-11 season, Palace won one away game against That was Norwich. Which cl- oh, I just started it. Which club did Palace sign Julian Speroni from? Dundee United. Correct. That is the correct answer. Well done. Um, we'll get the final score in the end, but the winners of the tournament were in tournament. The quiz <laughs> were indeed Albert and Joe. Congratulations. Come on. Well played, Alex. Well played, Patrick. I think we got there in the end. Um, I feel like I want to kill myself, but other than that, I'm sure I'm hopeful. Hope that was a little bit vaguely entertaining. I like to say, I like to say, uh, just a little bit of a, a thank you. Um, thanks for the game, fellas. But you didn't give well me played, well played, well played. Well done, well done. Oh, Albert. Joe, sorry if you turned. <laughs> 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 knew, that was, knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Get him, Alex. Get him. Right. Um, it was a lot closer than 16 14 is a very close game, by yeah, the way. It did get close in the end. There was a very strong performance on the uh, on the final round from, from Alex and Patrick, but not not strong enough. All right, just a little chat to end there and kind of uh, recover our senses a little bit. Um, I think we're going to probably just uh, just try and ring Steve just for the entertainment, but I'm not sure we'll be able to get through. I'd say I'm bitterly disappointed about that, but we'll we'll save it for another day, I would think. If he answers, just hang up straight away. Like, <laughs> oh, Frank call him. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Guess my oh, dad's talked to him. <laughs> You're right, Scott. Dad. This is the very... Oh, dear. I'm, Let's leave I'm... him a message. Let's leave him a Christmas, Merry Christmas message, surely. Uh, yes. I don't, I don't yes. trust... I, no, I don't trust... sing. I don't sing. We wish you a Merry Christmas. I've got no trust in any of you. I'm sorry. We... Uh, We're uh, not going to well, abuse our chairman, are we? You might. Who would do that? I'm sorry, you've you've let me down too often. I'm not doing it. Um, let's have a little quick a quick chat about transfer rumours. We talked early on uh, in a lot of detail about needing a striker. There's very very strong rumours that that strike. Well, one of the strikers we'll be bringing in on loan is Yaya Sanogo from Arsenal. What do we think about that? Anyone got any strong opinions? It's a no go for me. It's a no go for me. Good night. See you next year. Bye bye. <laughs> Well done, Albert. Uh, I like it. Uh, I think he's got the size. Um, he needs to prove himself. He's young, and he has scored in France. So I think it's a definite um, opportunity for him to prove himself. I, I like the idea a lot. A lot. Yeah, Rangers talked about wanting to get games in the Premier League, and it being very important that he does that. And there's not that many options, is there? And considering the, that we're looking for a striker that matches those attributes, the only thing he doesn't have that we're looking for is goals. Right, uh, but he, you know, he has those in his past, but not at the level we're talking here. So it is gamble, and I wouldn't expect it to be our only signing if indeed he does sign. But um, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Any further opinions before we talk about the uh, potential left back signings? No, unconvinced. No. You're unconvinced. <laughs> I've, I've seen him a, a little bit, you know, and, and he had got a good good goal you know, the other day. If he's you know his first goal, and I like the fact that on Twitter is his, his you know verified user account is Yaya Sano goal. So he's obviously got a sense of humour about it. Yeah, but um, I think you know he'll certainly add physical presence if he if he does come in on loan. But you'd expect if Arsenal do loan him to us, you'd expect him you know to be guaranteed not to sort of guaranteed games, but you know we should have some intention of actually playing him regularly. So it does beg the question as 
as to what else we could do, um, you know, at the top of the, well, you know, in, a, in attack if we do bring him in. I I've can't... got a good suggestion. Go on. Uh, Botty Beer Beer from uh, who plays for um, Falkirk. He made um, it up. No, Botty Beer Beer. <laughs> Botty Beer Beer. It's he's so really? good. He's got a cracking name. <laughs> is that it? So good they named him twice. Botty Beer Beer. <laughs> it is a good name. I'm not going to argue. Um, he's a Scot. He's a Scottish under nineteen. All right, I'm googling him right now. Yeah, him right he, now. He's got he's got about hundred followers on Twitter. <laughs> all right, the sign of a quality striker. Um, all right, uh, on the left back side of things, there was the brief um, news of us going in for Ashley Cole. It seems we asked a question and we were told that he wants to stay in Italy. Understandably, we were in for him in the summer as well. Similar decision, so a bit of a shame and. Um, Following that, we were linked with uh, Ashraf Lazar, who's a Moroccan international playing for Palermo. But it seems today the reports are that we've made a bid for Papa Sure from Lille. I uh, had a little look on YouTube at some videos, as you have to do when you don't know the player you're talking about. And, um, yeah, it looks like a strong, powerful left-back, good in the air. Um, only 5'10", but, you know, got a good leap on him by the looks of things. Um, so that looks like to be the player we're after, according to the mail. Uh, and according to our chap who works at the mail as well, Ben, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, was uh, told us the story was about to break. Um, I might have dropped him in it there. I hope he gets sacked, to be honest with you. Never, never turns <laughs> up anymore. We need him, we need him on the whole radio more. So if I can cost him his job, that'll be ideal. <laughs> That's terrible. I, I just don't care. <laughs> but um, hopefully that, uh, that rumour is true because uh, we certainly need to be investing in that position. So there you go. Looks like a new left back. Can't really talk about it, because obviously none of us have actually seen him play, By the, I would guess. I mean, Patrick, you watch a lot of football, but I'm guessing you haven't seen Senegal's left back and paid much attention. I will from now on, but I, I haben't seen him play, honestly, oh, now. But that. going back to that Botter B, he's 18 years old. 18. I don't yeah, think, so. I think it's an immature young. suggestion. But, 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 <laughs> but he's called Botty B. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That is the born song. in London, so that's a good sign, I guess, right? <laughs> I'm going to tweet him see if he'd be interested. All right, good man. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've gone past two hours. I've quite frankly had enough of this lot. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for a great 2014. We've had um, we've had a lot of fun on Hull Radio. We've changed a few things, listened to what you've said, and hopefully we're well. In spite of the car crash that was a quiz today, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we've got plenty more planned for the future. Um, I want to take a moment to especially thank every single one of you who's donated, even if it was a pound here and there, or but the regular donations, or, or quite a large lump sum that we got from some people. Um, I will try by the on, on end of the season show to get a list of everyone that we, we're going to thank, apart from those who wanted to be anonymous. Um, but seriously, every single one of you that has ever donated to us uh, on wholeradio.net for us donate has made a huge difference uh, to to us, and you know. We, we will be moving, hopefully, into studio accommodation fairly shortly. We've had to put a hold on that because the equipment we have, frankly, isn't good enough. Um, so we've got to go and spend a load of money on that as well. So if you can... can we have some more cash? Yeah, can we have some more cash? If you can, if you can help us, <laughs> we much appreciate it. But whatever what happens, just feel... I mean, obviously, you could just, just download or listen live for free. We don't mind at all you do that. If, don't feel guilty that we're slaving away for nothing. Just don't feel guilty about it for one second. Um, is that good enough? <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> Albert's put, dear Botty Nazareth, aka Botty Beer Beer. Oh, is he actually tweeted him? Brilliant. Yeah, he's tweeted yeah, him. Yeah. Would you be yeah. interested in signing for Crystal Palace FC? <laughs> Asking for a friend. 
that's brilliant, Alan. Oh, but that is just brilliant. Really well done. Thank I, you, I would have added Steve Parrish, but A, I didn't have enough characters. B, he's got no reception, so he wouldn't get it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely true. Thank you. Um, so Take yeah. that, Andy Gray. Scouting talent, Andy Gray. We can all do it. This is why we don't have Albert on that much. He's a loose cannon. Easy, isn't it? Just get on Twitter and ask him. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll, be, we'll be back in the new year with the live shows. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of time off over the festive period, so we won't be uh, following every game with a show. Uh, we may sneak a podcast or two to cover the games if we're all free and we feel like it. Otherwise, we'll be back to normal service on Sunday, the 4th of January, I believe. But until then, thank you very much for, like I say, for a great 2014 and we'll speak to you again soon. Cheers, bye. Merry Christmas, everyone. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.